Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. It's an addendum to the regular show, Rich, but it's going to go up front because of breaking news. How are you, man? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Just last night we gathered and in the fortress, a virtual fortress, and, and recorded just over two hours of what I would call brilliance. And then as I went, as I lay down to sleep, and you know I'm, I'm, I sleep, Rich, a very light sleep, you know, because I'm constantly on the news cycle. And then the news started coming in, Matrix trailer, Wolverine game trailer, and I was, and I woke up a buzz, mm. and I and I and I hit the back signal, and you got a buzzer in your pocket, didn't you, Rich? Dave's awake, he wants to talk. It's <laughs> basically what it was, man. Yes. If I was if I was Commissioner Gordon, I'd be so guilty of using that bat signal too much. You know what I mean? Hey, Batman, I can't find my keys. You know? Well, I, my phone. I don't. Uh, the problem is that I think he can use it for that just because there's so much shit in Gotham happening. Sure. Yeah, it's just constantly on. I think it's on. a crime every two seconds in Gotham. Yeah, constantly on. But, you know, sometimes on a quiet night, Batman's like, so why are we here? I'm like, eh, just a chat. <laughs> Let's grab a pizza. <laughs> Let's really get to know I think each. they do. do. I mean, they, they do have chats, not they necessarily do. over pizza or coffee, but they yeah. certainly have rooftop chats. Sure. Do you think they get a little baked up there sometimes? You know what I mean? Batman? Yeah. No. No, maybe not. Maybe not. Now, uh, the It'd reason... It would be very hypocritical of Batman. It would be, but you never know, man. Double standards for a reason. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> you know, if it was, like, done today, it'd be, like, Batman shooting up, you know, by himself and stuff like that. Like, if it was created today, because it would be kind of, like, the more, the more darker the hero, he needs to have a crippling heroin addiction, um, you know, to, to make it all seem so more gritty and real. Um, yeah. Actually, it would, it would make sense for, for Batman to be addicted to painkillers. It would, Definitely. And I mean, with Venom, the original Venom storyline definitely explored that because he was coming back off, I think, I believe, a, a beating he took. That's why he got hooked on the Venom. And then, um, I th- yeah, I think that but was... I mean, yeah, but I mean, yeah, just, just let alone that, I mean, he's only, like, the the damage that he puts his body through. Sure. You would think he'd be constantly, like, chomping down... He'd be like some, me, some basically. He'd, he'd be like me with the bad hip, you know, massages every second day, taking the Voltaris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like yeah, Dave, yeah, Dave's good much. for about half an hour of vigilante before he needs to have a lie down now the reason we're gathered here two gods basically gathering um, let's discuss Wolverine first so Insomniac Games that did the Spider-Man oh, games it's going to be a quick discussion well slow down Rich slow your roll there for a second big guy um, so obviously they did the Spider-Man 1 game they did Miles Morales and Spider-Man 2 is also coming. I had it on the computer telling me about it today. They're going to have Venom. They're going to have uh, Craven in it, Rich, in Spider-Man 2. And as soon as I finish Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I'm hoping to finish this weekend, I'm going to be hitting Spider-Man hard. Now, the good news is Insomniac Games did a fantastic job with Spider-Man. They're going to be doing a Wolverine game, Rich. Uh, just announced, very short trailer, Wolverine in a bar. Um, and someone comes into the bar, or a bar fight's happen, and he's sitting at the bar. And then someone, some guy gets off the floor with a knife, and you see Wolverine pop the claws. Um, Rich, where are you on this game? Is this a? I mean, I'm thinking this could be my whole life. 
basically. This could oh, be I'm it. sure you've. I'm sure you're going to praise it to the moon. At the end of the day, it's nothing. Why? What it's a mean? CGI trailer. There's no gameplay. No, I'm, talk, was, I'm talking about anticipation if, if, for the game. What about again, the game itself? I can't get into it until you until you show me what the game is. Sure. You know, what if it's like, remember, you got super excited for that um, that Marvel the chess game, game and then you find out there was like a chess game. Yeah, that's so that sucks. Don't get hyped until you actually see what the game is. I'm guzzling the, the fucking cool. Like, I'm guzzling the Kool-Aid from the fountain, man. I'm just I'm, I'm I am. I am. Yeah, yeah, they love they love you, Dave. They just got to sh- show you a, a 10 second CGI short and you're like, oh, my God, greatest game ever. Oh, my God. Game of the year. Yeah, it's like at the, um, you know, no, the that's ga- a, look, I, that's a, it's a teaser trailer, but yeah. you can, no, you cannot get excited over that trailer. That trailer oh. is literally nothing. I'm excited for the publisher, though, because they did the Spider-Man game. So if they can do that for Wolverine, hell yeah. And Wolverine finally mm. coming back to the prominence that he deserves as well. You know, too long he stood in the shadows. Um, but now it's back. I feel like this is the dawning of a new day. You know? Welcome to the, welcome to the age maybe, of Wolverine. Maybe, Yeah. So that's the first thing. So Rich is not excited, but that's to be expected. And I'm extremely excited, which is also to be expected. Um, then right. we move on to Matrix Resurrections. Now, Michelle and I watched the original Matrix recently again, and then we also watched... Reloaded, which I enjoyed more than I rem- would remember enjoying. I-, I don't really enjoy the last one. What's it called, Rich? The last one? It's not. What's Reloaded and Revolutions, I think. Yeah, I think it's called Revelations or something. Revol- like that. I think something it's Matrix like Revolutions. I didn't enjoy the last one um, very much. Um, we will watch it again just to, just to cap it off. But December, I think it's 16, um, Matrix Resurrections happens. I had trouble finding the trailer because there's so many fucking fake trailers on the on the um uh you know youtube oh, okay like there's heaps of them mine, po- mine was the first one that popped up well you're just a lucky guy rich you should head down the casino and maybe put it all on black no, i don't think i'm lucky after watching it okay so you didn't enjoy because i enjoyed it man i thought it was look it seemed cool visually very very cool um and you know like and even in the no, end no, when they, the they, guys... they, they, they're making it for someone they're just not making it for me that's for sure, sure. but rich... i thought it looked pretty gaudy and wow. pretty um, gaudy, unmatrixy. Like, really? well, it's colourful. Yeah. It's 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 got this weird filter on it. Um, it. It's almost like it's not it's not made by the same people. And I know one of them is making it. I think, but this doesn't even feel like a matrix. Like that trailer did not feel like a matrix thing. That looked more like um, um, Matrix Next Generation with. People with purple hair and pink hair and shaved heads and but, but shit time's and moved on, man. Time's Neo moved on. talking to a therapist and shit and all that. Like I don't know. I like, love that man. The, the guy uh, playing the therapist. What's his name from um, How I Met Your Mother? Um, I don't know. Neil Patrick Harris is is fine as an actor, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. This what what was to be excited about this movie? This trailer. Well, for me, it's we're going back twenty years later, and you know things have changed. Things have advanced. Um, and it, you know, it's like Neo took the pill, which meant that he would stay in the Matrix. So he's back in the Matrix. And you know, the thing was always that there was more than one. It wasn't the first time that Neo had done that thing with the Matrix. That's what I realised when no, I was. No, it was it a repetitive pattern because yeah. humans needed conflict. Yeah. If you give humans paradise, they rail against it. So that's why they always had the conflict, and it always reset itself. Yeah, and, and but that's a good ending to the story. This, this, uh, okay. Maybe, 
I, I just hate this fucking tacked on shit that makes no sense. I don't know, man. I'm I'm kind of like think about think about this way. Think about if the Matrix was real, you know, and the events of twenty years ago really happened, and then time marched on inside the simulation, and and then suddenly it retriggers again. It, to me, it's a loop, man. And you know, Neo's awakened further inside the inside the dream, inside the electronic dream. That's how I'm seeing it, man. That's how deep I feel. I'm into it. You know, I feel like I'm wow. Not in- no, I'm I'm getting I'm I'm not interested in this one at all. This just looks wow. like a milking for the money because you've got no better ideas. Well, don't forget we'll be doing it on the signal ridge, so you've got to schedule that. And one it in. doesn't look. It does. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It doesn't look. It wasn't grimy yeah, enough I'm for sorry. you. I'm sorry. It doesn't look good. I love the look of it. Man. it yeah, like, it, yeah, it doesn't have that matrix feel. Yeah, you you want that '99 grime of the original kind of thing. That very sort of everything was uh was it green. The first Matrix has its own distinct look, flavor, and feel. It feels like it's it's its own world and all that sort of stuff. This just looks hyper colorful. Yeah. Now again, that could be something they're going for, but that's also something I I, I that then I'm I don't care. Like again, you can make the movie. I'm not saying don't make the movie. Sure. I'm just saying don't. Uh, um, if you're making that movie, don't ask me to care. Yeah, I hear. Man. Like. Yeah, but, but do you, you know, not think say, How that... dare you not like this movie because... Oh, and I'm like, well, like you it. didn't... You know, it's you're not making it for me then, so don't worry whether or not I don't like it or not. Yeah, I mean, I assume they're trying to, you know, make as many people as possible like it, but, yeah, they're never going to get everyone. But I, I just feel that we're 20 years on, so tastes have changed and they've come back with a new version, you know? That's how I'm seeing it. Like, Keanu is still Keanu, in, in you know, in the middle of it all kind of thing. And mm. um, I don't know. At times, I've been walking around. I'll be honest. I'll be really honest on the show right now. Sometimes I walk around and I'm thinking, all this fucking media, all this fucking internet, all this shit, and I'm just rolling around in what we call real life. And I'm like, where is the line? You know, beneath my glasses, man, a long way inside, I'm thinking, is this just a program? You know? And that's where... I... <laughs> and, and, you know... <laughs> Like, that's how I go. And, and like, yeah, some, are you questioning the program? Unfortunately, like, I choose not to live in a fantasy world. Yeah, well, when, do I? Probably. And, um, but, like, when I, when I think I've mentioned on the show before, when I was about, like, you know, teenage years, early teenage years, play, <laughs> playing the game Great Escape, and every single time escaping from the prison, but there was a glitch in the game, and I kept getting other people's, I had a few other friends who had the game who didn't play it, and I, and I would try to play it on their machines in the same glitch. You know, and I was always like, "Is this?" You know, and as I reflect on it, I'm like, "Was that me trying to break out of the out of the prison?" You know, and there's the glitch, and it, that's the glitch in the system. I've brought that up before. <laughs> I've brought that up before, big time. And um, you know, interesting questions, I think, Rich. So, I mean, for me, it all it all appeals to me. I mean, they've got me at hello, basically, haven't they? I liked the girl who came and um, said to him, like the girl did in the previous game about the rabbit and all that. All that stuff, if you remember the previous movie, the first oh, movie. Oh, God. Why not? Why not, man? No. As soon as I saw that chick come on, I was just like, oh, God. Why? I don't care about this blue head, side-shaved head fucking well, what does it matter? millennial look. I just don't fucking care about that. I'm so sick of every single character having that look, man. Why does every single fucking game character, comic book character, movie character have to have that look? It's so fucking repetitive it's and boring right alternate. now. It's just a bit alternate. That's all. It's just a, like a standard alternate It's not. Look. It's actually cliched now. It's yeah. cliched. Yeah, it's cliched. That yeah. look has yeah. become cliched already. True. 
But, you know, that looks popular Be as original, well. for fuck's sake. Be original. But that looks popular as well. Like, what would you prefer, a blonde bombshell? You know, that's been played out as well. That's another question. Oh, hey, hey, fellow kids. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Like, you put the piercings in. I mean, dude, I've done it in Devon series of times. You put the piercings in, you colour the hair pink, you, you make them a bit androgynous, and you throw them out there into the wild fantasy world. I mean, look, you know, that's what you do. It is what you do, Rich. And it is a bit like Hey Fellow Kids. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels like a, this is this just feels like a movie where they're like, Neo will be in it. He'll 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 pass a torch to these whippy little up and comers who are like, Hey, Grandpa! And it just I don't know. It doesn't right. it doesn't have any. I feel like this movie has no edge to it. Wow. Uh, yeah, just from I, the trailer, I, yeah, obviously. Yeah. From the trailer, well, it's, I feel it's, like it's, it's got hard no to edge. have edge when you're not the outsider anymore. You know, but. Um, like when they originally started, they were they were the they were the new up and comer, and then even with the sequels, they had all the extra money, and and they never quite recaptured the same vibe. Even though I enjoy the second movie quite a bit, um, you, you know when you're standing outside the system making no no kind no, of... that's why I say this is this is them falling back onto the one thing they've had success in. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Speed Racer. I know it wasn't a success, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. Oh no, um, I enjoyed it, but I mean, I'm saying they haven't had. Since the Matrix, they've not had. Didn't say they haven't made good movies. I just no. said they haven't had success. It's true. Did you see Sense Eight, the TV show they did with um, Straczynski? That was interesting. What's it called? Uh, Sense Eight. It's on Netflix, I believe. Um, I haven't seen all of it. I saw a bit of it. I thought it was pretty interesting. No, no, um, not familiar that. with it. They did that with um, JMS. You know Straczynski, who wrote like Spider Man and Superman and all that, and Babylon Five. He was the showrunner on Babylon Five. Um, he, it was interesting. Look, I'm not mm-hmm. saying it was great. It was it was interesting. I don't think you'd like it. Um, it it it's playing a lot with um, oh, sort of gay and trans themes. <laughs> um, it is. It is seriously, and like gender gender themes mixed with sci-fi. So I don't think it's for you. But it was interesting. I thought anyway. You know, um, but it wasn't designed for mass consumption, um, kind of thing. Yeah, interesting. Oh, man, there's just so much. So much to look forward to, though, Rich. You know, and that's why I called this summit, and to use the words that Frank Sinatra used to call them when he would call, <laughs> he, he'd call Sammy D and Dino over, have the summit, man. That's what we do, we've done today. You know, crack open a brew. Well, I mean, that's the thing, you know, um, this is the problem when um, you're on different time zones for when the news drops. Sure. But we, we, we've, we've managed it. I want to say thank you to Rich. I want to say thank you to listeners, and enjoy the show. Enjoy. Hello, baby. Hello, and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 232. I'm Dave, and I'm here with Rich. Rich, how are you? Oh, you know, not too bad, not too bad. Doing it on a Thursday tonight. Yeah, we're rocking in the free world, man. We are Keep on rocking in the free world. You know that song? (laughs) I love that song. Just one more kid that'll never go to school, never get to uh, fall in love, never get to be cool. Keep on rocking in the free world. (laughs) Um, yeah, great song and a pretty good rendition by myself. Um, <laughs> episode 232, it's all coming up, Batmite and Saga of the Super Sons, Rich. Mm. It, was a, it was a Dave double play this week, really, for me. Um, little Dave, yes. might have got a bit greedy and he was, you know, throwing all sorts of material into the show and then eventually I had to call myself out and go, there's too much. I'm drowning. <laughs> I'm drowning in, in DC Bronze Age. <laughs> it's not. It's it's not a bad ocean to drown in. No, it's not. And uh, 
Saga of the Super Sons, done by Zany Bob Haney with um, uh, Dick Dillon on a lot of the art duties, uh, was an experience, was was a trip, man, as as Clark mm. Jr. might say to Bruce Jr. It was a trip, man. Actually, um, I, think that was, I think that's Bruce that was talking Bruce, about that. okay. Well, it was hard to work out who was who. Um, but there was a lot going on in that, and uh, from the early to mid-'70s, that was really some... Some far out comics, man. It was real yeah, groovy. Some drugs, some drugs were being taken. It's, I, I, I don't think anything more than a lot of pot. It wasn't that out there. It was just kind of more like guys just. I don't know. It, it felt like pot. someone was maybe just tripping a bit. Maybe he, someone had just discovered the hippie sort of. Yeah, got turned movement. on. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years <laughs> later, over drugs and was like, oh, I'm going to write. Yeah, well, why not, man? Like, um, you know, free the mind, and the what is that? And the body will follow. You know, uh, I think so. Yes, so, sounds about right. Free your mind. Um, so, Rich, how have you been, man? Um, I mean, it's good to good to be back on the air with you. What's been going on? Uh not much, not much, no? man. Um, just We're still you know, in the post-apocalypse. Uh, working as per usual, dealing with some family shit, and oh. um, you know, um, the bloodline. Watching some movies. The bloodline. Playing Rich. some games. The bloodline, isn't it, man? You know, keeping the bloodline sacred. A lot of that kind uh, of stuff. Something like that. Kill missions. <laughs> kill missions, that kind of thing. Is that what we're talking about? Black ops stuff. I'm getting oh, excited. I can't, just about, I can't talk about that sort of stuff, Dave. Wow. I mean, I'm an assassin in Assassin's Creed, and that is that is my life now. You know, I, I got back on that horse this week. I'm, I, I must be honest. I kind of feel like if, if you were an assassin, yeah. you'd be the worst assassin because you just what? wouldn't be able to keep it. Oh, yeah. I'd celebrate you it. You wouldn't be able to keep it secret. I'd celebrate it, man. That's the thing I like about the Viking assassin, Assassin's Creed. When they give him the blade, he's like, fuck keeping it hidden, and just puts it on his wrist. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I like this guy. I like the way he makes his moves. Like, he doesn't even hide the blade. The hidden blade is not hidden on, uh, what's his name? Ivor, I think, or something like that. Igor. Um, I don't know. You're, you're playing it. Yeah, I forget what his actual name is. It's like Igor, I think, with an E. Uh, I got back on that horse this week after a couple of weeks off. And I am straight back into it. I, I had one night's play, I think on a Wednesday night, and two, two and a half hours in, it was just like putting on an old pair of shoes. It was comfy, and I was just ready to keep on rolling. you know. And I'm on leave now, Rich. I, I've got this Friday and Monday off. Hmm. So I'm loving life, really. Um, so, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean you've, you've pretty much been on working leave for a while. What do you mean by that? I've been working. I was. I had. A, I was no, working like, this When I say like a workers' leave, I kind of mean like um, uh, you're you're working, but you're kind of working from home. So yes, hundred oh, percent. You, yeah. you know, it's it's not like you got to like get up like super early, get yeah, the train, true, true. do the commute. So that's why that's why I said it's like a working holiday. It's very true, actually, and I do not miss the commute or going into the office and just that that whole chunk of time that gets taken out of your day. I mean, I I've really enjoyed. And and I'm totally used to working from home now. Like, uh, and here in Australia or in Sydney, we've been in lockdown, and I, I don't think there's any plans for us to come back before January or February next year into the office. It's definitely not going to be this year. No, apparently they look into somewhat open it up on oh, the no. 18th of October. I'm, I'm talking about my company, though. Um, oh, your company. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, God. From, well, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I suppose. You're you're lucky in that your job can be done. Yeah, a lot of your job can be done from home. So, well, that's right. I mean, they'll probably but, just yeah. they'll probably just look at the books and go, look how much money we're saving not having. 
<laughs> well, yeah. people come into the office. I, I think it's a difficult sell too, while there's still cases in the community for a, a lot of office workers. It's a difficult sell for the companies to force people to come in when they're still like you know, um, you know, almost fifteen hundred cases a day. And uh, and our company uh, takes a conservative approach, which I like. And as you say, the business we're in, which is you know financial, it can all be done remotely. Like there's really no need to even be in the office. Mm. Like there's the, the the need is it, it's a metaphorical need. Like you know we need people to gather together every now and then. But other than that, you know my job has been one hundred percent been able to be done remotely from home. It's different for you guys. Like you're on the retail floor, you're probably craving the customers to come back because that's the business. You know, uh, a little bit, yes. I mean, yeah, I um, the the, the it's going to be weird to actually get back to actually Haggling. doing that. I think it's going to be almost. It's going to feel quite uh, like surreal is not the right word, but like almost strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking to someone like face to face and yeah, and and actually having a busy shop because it's been just so long. You'll get you, it'll be like it'll be like riding a bike, Rich. Like I guarantee you, by half yeah, a day sad, in, you'll sad, sadly it will be half a day in. You'll just be like, I'm so sick of these customers. Like seriously, like <laughs> can they just go yeah, away? It won't take long. Can they just go Trust away? Trust me, it won't take, it's one of those things where you're like, geez, I really miss it, and then you get it, and you're like, oh no, I don't. No, I don't miss it at all. That was just uh, a trick my mind was playing. Um, so my Bronze Age stuff, I, my, I'm really building up um, uh, for the Steve Engelhart interview. I, I've been building up my just my feel for the age, and um, we've got some great questions for Steve lined up. And honestly, again, I do want to mention thank you to the Patreon listeners. We had a new Patreon come on board this month, Mitchell. So, Mitchell, thank you very much for that. Um, welcome, Mitchell. Yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome. That was within the last 24 hours. And uh, please, if you can contribute to the Patreon, it is much appreciated. It all goes towards show costs, um, you know, and it's uh, patreon.com slash signalofdoom. And for a little as $1 per month, um, you know, there's all sorts of levels there. And I'm always more than happy to take suggestions from Patreon members for either Cinema of Doom or for the show, whatever. I'm always very open to Patreon um, people um, contacting me. And it's always a joy to have those kind of guys and gals out there who are supporting the show, making, you know, keeping the, the ship sailing, man. And we've sailed into some deep waters at times, uh, Rich, haven't we? Some real yeah. deep waters, you know, confronted sea dragons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, remember that time I launched that uh, assault on CB and, and Brevoort? They were, that was deep at sea that time. We were way out there in the oceans, mm. way out there in the oceans, well into the unknown region, when I launched a, an assault, almost a nuclear assault. Um, that was one of my favourite <laughs> times ever on the show. Um, Savage Sort of Conan, uh, Omnibus came to me today, Volume 5, and also Tower of Babel, Rich. And guess what? I got Tower of Babel for free. I ordered it, and Amazon didn't get it here in time, and I got a refund off them a couple of days ago, and then it turned up today. So I got that for free. Pretty happy. I believe... I know, I know you are. I'm, I'm fucking thrilled. Well, Mark Wade's uh, JLA run was excellent, I must say, and that's what's collected in his hardcover. Mm. So, have you read that at all, ever? Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's gold, I think. Personally, I think it's one of the best things he ever did. Um, now, turning to any purchases from you, from you, Rich, since last week, anything? No, 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 no. I've been I've been a bit on the down low. Keeping keeping it keeping it close to home, man. I like it. Um, Abba, 
are releasing a new album, Rich, in, I believe, November, and are doing some sort of tour with not holograms but digital images, um, mm-hmm. which I'm not quite sure what that means. But, like, I assume it means they're playing... I think it means they're playing somewhere and the technology is digital avatars of them and that's being beamed around the world. So, you know what I mean? I, I, I think they're actually playing music and it's a greatest hits tour, so that's pretty cool. But the images of them are as they were, you know, in the 70s, kind of thing. Mm. Pretty interesting. But anyway, I'm listening to this too. So I, I like a bit of ABBA. I must admit, I've always, I've always liked a bit of ABBA. Um, and the two songs are, are actually pretty good. The album, I think, is called, it's, it's either Voyage or Voyager. I'll, I will tell you that answer to that question. Because, yeah, it's, um, it's Voyage. Tell me, Dave. Voyage, and it's got like it's got a quite a cool icon. Do you like Abba Rich, is, or is that a bit too soft for you? Uh, no, I don't. I don't mind them. Um, yeah. Take a chance on me. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, they've had some good hits. I mean, I wouldn't sure. say they're like I'm like you're not gonna necessarily buy dying for Abba or anything like that. But I mean, if an Abba song comes on, I don't mind. You Waterloo. know, money, 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 all that sort Fernando. of stuff. Like that. I don't. Drums they beat Fernando. That song, yeah. Mamma Mia. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't mind listening to it when it comes yeah. on. It's money, like... money, money. Is it them? Money, money, money. It's a rich man's world. Is that them? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's yeah, them. It's a very bad version. I know. I apologise to Abba for, <laughs> for, for, for firstly not remembering it was them, you and also the song. But no, they've got a lot of good songs. Um, you can see why they were so popular. They really kind of similar, I think, to the Carpenters in that they just perfected their sound. And, well, not just that, uh, it's just that the music was just, I think, catchy and like sort of yeah. non-offensive. Like it's just oh, totally, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was kind of boppy, but they also knew how to sing a ballad. But it was all kind of straight down the middle, you know, like straight mm. down the middle, which is why I like it. <laughs> so it's good stuff. So they're coming back now, Richard. Marvel, what if zombies discussion? Um, I know you haven't had a chance to watch it. I will just, I'll give a, I mean, spoiler free review. Look, it's its the same as usual. The, the zombies infect the Marvel heroes. Um, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I think it's the best material the show's had. And Spider-Man's in it too. The first time Spider-Man's appeared in the What If series. So he is a prominent member. Well, I think the the other What Ifs have been a bit more singular focused. Yeah. Whereas this one is obviously a bit more... Um would be a bit more broader. It's all the people from... It's still taking place in the Avengers movies. Like, mm. you, you know the guy... I, if only Stu was here because he knew all the names. You know how Thanos has got, like, his little bodyguards? Those guys, you know... I forget what uh, they're Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, yeah the, I know the ones you're talking about. Yeah. They, were in the, they actually were in the movie. Yeah, one of those guys. Uh, or maybe it's... Yeah, I'm not sure. One of those guys is in it. Um, uh, in the opening scene with Bruce Banner, and then basically a portal opens and out come the Avengers, and they decimate the guy. But then you find out that they're zombies. The funny thing is, they're zombies who are mindless, but they can utilize the powers of the Avengers. So, like Cap can fight well with his shield, but he doesn't talk. Like in the actual Marvel Zombies omnibuses, when the zombies are fed, they they actually talk and think still. Mm. Um, and, like, the Iron Man zombie can use the Iron Man armour. Um, so it's kind of interesting like that. But, look, it's a good episode, but I think it helps that, I mean, zombies are cool, and you just mash zombies up with the Marvel Universe. It's pretty cool. So, you know, I enjoyed it, like, frankly. And the end of it's cool because undead Thanos comes through with the Infinity um, Stones, or gems, or whatever they're called. 
um, mm. in his in his in his gauntlet. And the part that I wasn't sure, they go to at the end of it. Sorry, spoilers, kids. Um, at the end of it, uh, Hope. She's because th- that's how it started. Actually, you know how in Ant Man, um, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, I believe Janet von Dyne or something. Yeah, she, well, yeah, she's playing the. She's technically the original Wasp. Yeah, yes. Janet. So you know how she disappeared into the whatever you call the, it, the, the microverse microscopic or verse or yeah, whatever, whatever it's called, yeah, microverse, whatever. It, it, okay, so in this, um, Michael Douglas's character, um, who's the Hank Pym, yeah. Mm-hmm. He goes into there, but she's been turned into a zombie by some sort of quantum field, bites him, and then comes back in the in the spacecraft, or whatever you call it, that little craft, and then she infects uh, Scott Lang, and mm. uh, Hope escapes. So Hope is like sort of almost, mm. like she's um, still got a power. So Hope, uh, Wasp, uh, Spider-Man, and Black Panther are going to a condor at the end, um, trying to, they've got something which they think can help, and um, from the Mind Stone of Vision, Vision's got this thing which actually repels zombies, um, and there's a cool scene with Vision and Scarlet Witch, where Scarlet Witch, he can't kill her, because he, he just can't bring himself to kill her, so she's fully psychotic with all her powers, and she's a zombie, so it's pretty cool. Mm. Um, so they take the Mind Stone to Wakanda, but then I wasn't sure if Wakanda was within the bubble and the zombies were all inside it or people were pressing on the bubble. I wasn't sure either way. Um, so I have a question, though. So when you yes. say that Thanos came with the gauntlet, he only had some of the the stones? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Um, it looked because like it, it Vision looked like can't have the Mind Stone if Thanos has all the stones. Yeah, I think he had most of them. Um, he did show it and... There was plenty of stones in his gauntlet, but yeah, there was probably. If I rewatch it, there's probably one stone missing, which is the mind stone, which they have because they've mm. definitely got the mind stone, um, because that's how they're hoping to resurrect or you know or stop the zombie somehow because the the mind stone repels them, um, and they kill Vision because Vision's kind of twisted in in how he's um you know sort of uh, he's he's feeding Wanda basically, so he's sacrificing people's lives. Mm, to feed Wanda. So Vision is a bit evil and ends up dying. I forget how, but he gets destroyed. Um, and, yeah, when they come through, they make a big deal about how Thanos has got most of the stones in his gauntlet. But you are right. He's missing one stone, probably just the one. And the, the what-if thing, the watchers like, you know, these people, are, you know, can't lose hope, even if it might mean the end the universe and then and then you see undead thanos come through the portal so it's kind mm. of interesting look it was an interesting episode i i mean i enjoyed it it's it's you know it's it's all it's the it's the basic appeal of marvel zombies you mashing up zombies with the marvel universe and you know um like there's a good scene with bucky and actually bucky might survive too um yeah maybe it's bucky who survived not black panther yeah it was bucky uh black panther i think had already been turned uh bucky um has a good fight scene with cap actually. There's a good fight scene between the two of them, him and the undead cap going at each other. I mean, for me, if you're going to watch one of them, I, I recommend that one. It's the, easily the best one so far. Um, mm. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, now, Infinite Frontier, Rich. Mm. Now, I, I know you were not feeling it. I made it a mission of mine to read it, because I quite like Joshua Williamson on, on most things. I, I actually don't mind him at all. And again, it look, it's quite enjoyable, 
would I want to pay full price for it in stores? Probably not. Do I want a trade of it? No, but it, but like if it led to more storylines, I, I would be invested. Like I, I quite liked it. The problem is it, it reads a, a, a little bit like an introduction book. Like it's all it's all a big introduction to something, like a next phase. So do you know what I mean? It's kind of like you read it and you're like, yeah, this is cool, but it almost feels like this is the prelude still, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I enjoyed it though. Like I mean, you saw plenty of the Black Superman, President <clears throat> Superman. Um, there's some good stuff with Flash at the end. He actually goes into the pages of a comic at the end. At the end of it, Rich, you might actually like this because it's a lot of it's to do with crisis and stuff, which is why I think you probably wouldn't mind it. Um, at the end of it, I'm going to pull it up here on my iPad. Basically, Flash is, and I'm not sure if it's Wally or Barry, um, but he's he's kind of tricked into being on the cosmic treadmill. And they're utilising all the powers. So Darkseid has all the versions of Darkseid have accumulated into one by the end. Um, and he, he's going to start the Great Darkness. Uh, he says, it is, it, is, it is a piece of arresting enemy, dormant since the first crisis, and now it wakes. We will find the Flash and the crack in the Omniverse. I am not the only one who seeks his power, but only I will control the Great Darkness. And it's kind of like Darkseid and his like, new gods. Um, you know, like, um, what, what's the guy called? Obviously, Steppenwolf. Then there's the Torturer. Um, Desaad, yeah. Desaad. Then there's the big one. I don't know what his name is. Um, Alabak. You, you yeah. mean the one who looks like a, a like a grizzly bear kind of... Sort of, yeah, him. There's, there's a woman. There's Granny... Uh, is it Granny Goddess? No, Granny Goodness. Goodness. And then there's some female that I'm not sure who that is, actually. Oh, no, she's the... I think she's the character from the from the actual story. Um yeah, it's pretty cool, and um, yeah, and oh, there's Metron too. He turns up. Um, anyway, so there's that. But then in the epilogue, uh, Flash, and again, I'm not sure if it's Barry or Wally, is is running, 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 running. And then he stops running, and he's he, he's gone to. Um, they go. This is the bit I thought was a bit eye rolling, Rich. The, the, this guy says to him, "This is multiverse two. It is what came. Bef- it, it was what." It was what came before, destroyed by the Anti-Monitor in the first crisis. The empty hand and the gentry fed on it for years. It was all my fault. Its ruins started with me. They made me watch as each world was swallowed into darkness. I tried to warn them. And it's Pariah from Crisis, if you recall. Mm-hmm. Him. And, he's, and he's like, who are you? If I was like, who are you? He's like, my name is Pariah. And it's time that we moved on, stopped apologizing for the past, and let the real multiverse truly live. And then he touches Flash and he converts Flash into a comic book. And it's kind of like a Silver Age comic book. And um, Flash is there, the Flash family. So you've got, like, Flash at the dinner table. The impulse is, oh, actually, you know, it must be Barry. Yeah, Barry's there. Then you've got Kid Flash, when Wally was Kid Flash, and Jay Garrick, all of the sort of dining table, and you've got their wives there as well. Um, And and the twins, too. Uh, Are they the Tornado twins? Yeah, they would be. Uh, depend. Uh, if you're talking about Barry's kids, then yes. yeah, th- those yeah. We know that from Legion Outpost recently, the Tornado Twins. Which, for listeners who don't know, who haven't listened to flashbacks, I'm about to put a new episode up. The Tornado Twins are the, I mean, I assume brother and sister, um, offspring of Barry and Iris when they went to the future before the first crisis. Correct, Rich. Yes. And it says Earth Flash One. So that's the upshot of it all. Um, Look, I didn't mind it, man. What what don't you like about it? What is it that, that kind of gets your... That I don't care. 
But why? What? Why do you care about crisis, but you don't care about this? Like, what is the reason? Um, because crisis is done. Yeah, but it's a story um, like any other. You know, I mean, I just, I don't know. I find it derivative, and I found it filled with characters I don't give a shit about. Right. I don't. I don't care about President Superman. I don't care about uh, Thomas Wayne, Batman. I don't. I don't care about any of these fucking. What about Captain Carrot Man? Again, I don't care. I, I, I quite like Captain Carrot. I don't mind. What's wrong with President Superman? He's all right. Don't care. I think it's it's a cool, fun idea to throw in a what el, what if or what uh, else worlds or whatever. But yeah. I'm not interested in that character being a main character in the DC universe. Are you are you concerned that he might sort of supplant Superman? Is that the, the thing? I oh mean, God, mate! At some point. Someone's going to supplant Superman. Don't you worry. Yeah. I don't. I'm not don't happy care who about or that. what it is. It could be Valzod or whatever. Could be him. Could be Calvin. Whatever. Who gives a shit? It will happen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's already basically happening with John. I mean, they've basically They're trying to fast track him to like being. Why taken though? Over. Why like, would again, you? I just, I just yeah. don't care about these characters. Man. Why would they you got, want to I, retire? I guess Superman. it's because I got no. Uh, there's no history with them. Yeah. I feel like you're trying to make these characters so important, but you have, you've not bothered to actually, like, there's no actual history. I mean, the reason that people care about Superman is because he's been around for, you know, Superman and Batman, they've been around for so long yeah. that they mean something to you. These yes. characters, I mean, you, you put him in this supposedly this big event thing, but I don't care about them. Okay. I don't okay. care if Thomas Wayne dies. I don't care if he non-exists or whatever. I don't. I don't care. I don't care too much about Thomas Wayne. I mean, Thomas Wayne to me is not, um, not, 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 not that great. I mean, but, but I will say this: I'd give the whole storyline like a seven out of ten. Um, I, I mean, by I the way, I mean, a, a Superman as president is the most stupidest thing I, I think I can I can fucking think of. Like, that just seems so wrong on so many levels. Like, really. You they can claim most democracy they voted for him, but it's like, okay, yeah, but... They don't know he's Superman, though. The, that, the world doesn't oh, know. I think a lot of people... Well, again, that makes it even more wrong. Yeah, the, the, world, the world definitely doesn't know that he's Superman. Um, that's even... Like, I mean, that's even worse than Clark Kent, uh, Kent being a reporter writing about himself. Like, yeah. that's far worse. Oh, okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I don't... From what I've read, and it's not like he's been in that much, but he see he's been in some good Morrison. Who 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 created him? Was it Morrison? I want I want to say it was Morrison. Probably. Yeah, he he was pretty cool in in uh, Final Crisis. I, I liked him in that. Like, I don't know. I I like him in limited right, doses. If again, if it's if he's a one of little cameo character in, in an event, cool, cool beans. Yeah. Have him there on the page, whatever. I just don't care. I don't care enough to read about him. I'm not interested. I already have a Superman. I don't need yeah. another one. Sure. How about you just give me a really good fucking proper Superman? Created by Grant Morrison and Doug Menke. So there you go. Uh, which no. is what I thought, actually. Yeah. Like, maybe I'd be more open to it if you were delivering fucking great Superman books for me to read. Yeah. But the fact that you're not, and now you want me to care about this Superman, I'm just like, no. no. You, that, that doesn't work like that. You give me Superman first Yeah. before you try and give me knockoff Superman. Okay, yeah, understood. Uh, what's your um, favourite era of modern-day Superman, say, since 2000, 99, 2000? If you had to pick one run, what would it be? You can it can include limited series if you prefer. You got one? Jesus, that's... Well, there's been some good Superman in that time. No, no, there's been, no, there's been some... The, 
I, I kind of feel like Superman was on a good roll, uh, and some great stuff was was the two thousands to yeah to two thousand and ten. That's when you had like um uh, like the City of Tomorrow and all that. You had yeah, uh, yeah. Imperious Rex. Yeah. Uh, Storyline. Uh, you obviously had the the Emperor Joker. I was going to say uh, Emperor Joker. I enjoyed that one a lot. You know, um, I'm just even just trying to think of all of them. There's just been so many. Yeah, you had Rucker. Oh, there's had uh, him versus the Elite. Yes. Yeah. Um, like there's been no from if, yeah like maybe like late '90s to like 2010. I just feel was like a really good sweet spot for modern. Yeah. For modern Superman. Like, How does Tomasi thought... stack up? I thought you might have said Tomasi. Well, okay, but that's too short, though. Yeah, I, I was really enjoying that rebirth with the with John and him being a father and all that. But it was it's too too short lived. Then then Bendis came in and stunk up the joint. It's it's gone. So Thanks, yeah, that's more like a blip than an actual like decade that I can point to. Yeah, no, I was just wondering. I I, I knew you liked Tomasi, so I was just wondering how that stacked up. I mean, oh, no, I, that, I, I was yeah. really enjoying that. I was super annoyed when fucking Bendis came on the scene and just. Just basically said, yeah, we're getting rid of all of that. I tell you something that we'll do on the show soon. I've really been enjoying a bit of, um, along with all my Bronze Age, World's Finest, um, Denny O'Neill's run on Superman, going into Kerry Bates' run, uh, that, that sort of 70s era when he's got the TV station. Uh, he's working at the TV station. Oh, yeah, 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 because I think that is technically, that's, I think, Earth 2 Superman. No, 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 it's the regular one, man. It's 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 when Superman went to the. No, it's regular. Oh no, sorry, sorry. Earth Two Superman became the the editor in chief of. Oh, right, yeah. Of the Daily Planet. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, this is right. like a, Morgan Edge and, and all that kind of stuff is yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's pretty fun. I like I like that era. Um, you know, I I've liked a lot of Superman without realizing sort of at the time how good it was. Like it's only when I started reading Bendis, I was like, this is really poor. You know. Like, mm. I was just like, because for me, Greg Rucker's Adventure Comics run doesn't get anything like the love it should. I think that's an excellent Superman run. Excellent. And it's 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 not really collected or anything. Like, you can find it and get it, but it's, you know, it's like, why is Greg Rucker's run of, like, about 25 issues not, you know, it should be a bestseller in terms of comics. It's fantastic. It's enclosed. Um, you know, you can read it without feeling like you've got to read seven other books kind of thing. Um, mm. You know, and I, I would say Joe Kelly, Jeff Loeb, all these guys had good runs. Long oh, yeah, runs, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, interesting, yeah. No, I just I just wanted to put that out there to you. So it's just more that I, I guess the idea of what they're trying to do in Infinite Frontier is they're trying to lo- – well, this is one thing that annoys me with comics, the, the constant need to build super teams. So now we're going to have Just League Incarnate, which I believe is going to be a book. Now, this is not a book I see lasting past six issues, honestly. Like mm. – you know, President Superman, Captain Carrot, fucking whoever else. You know, you're just like, is there really an audience for this book? You know, like it almost feels like you're struggling to make Superman good. Like, are we going to... Well, well my attitude is, like my favorite, uh, one of my favorite lines from Shaun of the Dead is, sort your fucking life out, mate. And yeah. that's that's my feeling of comics now is that that sure. everyone's chasing like, oh, let's do this team and we'll introduce new characters. And I just want to say to him, sort your fucking line out, mate. Like, you need to get the core basics yeah. fucking down and selling well before you start thinking about doing introducing all these fucking knockoff characters and extra characters. You need to sort out your line first. You yeah, need to have sure. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman firing, you know. Yeah. 
going off, popping off, people being popped. And then you can say, great, we've got the foundation. Yeah. The big three are, are doing well. We've got them locked in. Now we let's build on top of that. But they, they, they're they building on like quicksand, man. I agree with that. And and the funny thing is, Rich, I would, I mean, they, they released, I've got it here, they released uh, Superman Kryptonite Nevermore, which is the Denny O'Neill thing. It doesn't even include all the Denny O'Neill stories. For for another 40 pages, they could have included his whole run. You know, like, it's like, why, mm. you know, to me, uh, surely at DC they know that, like, the, the market's in the collected editions. And, you know, give me the Superman Bronze Age starting with Denny's run in omnibus form. I, I'd, I'd pick that up in a heartbeat. Um, you know, and, and, and I tell some of these writers, like, I get it, you, you want to introduce all these crazy characters, but how about you go back and read some stuff from the 70s, uh, you know, in the 80s, and just remember, you touch a bit of base with the basics of the character, you know? Mm. Like, don't just, you know, some of these guys are like, oh, yeah, I read Action Comics 1 or whatever the fuck it was where he first turned up and that's all they need. I'm like, no, no, no. Go back to when the character in the 70s was well-established and you had guys telling good stories, you know, because... Well, that's, I feel like if you're going to hire a writer, right, especially these days, uh, because, you know... (sighs) We had the luxury, one of the luxuries we had is that when you and I were, you know, let's say, you know, 20. between, let's say, 20 and 30. Sure. Or, you know, is that we had writers who grew up loving comics and wanted to, like, write in comics. For sure, yeah. You know, for them, comics was like, man, I want to do this one day. I you, want you, to you be Brew a writer Bakers, or an artist. Your Chuck Dixons, all yeah, these so kind of guys. Their knowledge yeah. was really good because yeah. they grew up reading it, and so they understood the characters. Now, if you're going to bring in some newer writers who are maybe, and let's be honest, a lot of the writers now, uh, especially the new ones, they don't seem to have any real knowledge on the stuff. Then you guess what? You need to give them a little package. Yeah, yeah. Of some of the like the best stories or character arcs to say, now this is what this is the character. Yeah, this is it. Read up on it, learn, and then write stories about that character. This is how we want the character to be. You can still have a bit of freedom and come up with some stories, but this is the core of, you know, you can't change the core. Yeah, yeah. This is your Bible. But they don't. They just go, hey, what? You don't get Superman? You don't understand? Not a problem. Do what you like. Yeah, no, that's a. It's it's a concern because, like. Yeah, th- there is. A I mean, challenge. that's why. Honestly, I think that's why they are introducing the new Superman, the new Batman, the new Wonder Woman, the new Green Lanterns, is because there's no history with those characters, so you can allow those writers to do whatever the hell they want. But to me, like Wonder Woman, I mean, they've completely made me not care about Wonder Woman. Um, but Superman and Batman are not the world's most complicated characters to write. Like they're not, or should I say, they're not the most complex of characters. They're very interesting characters. They're cool characters. But I'm 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 baffled when people are like, well, you know, to me, it's if I was given that assignment, I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna read a couple of, you know, I'd read Birthright, I'd read some seventies, you know, I I I'd have a full week of, of of storing up a few influences, and then I'd be ready to go. Like mm. I don't feel that the Batman or Superman is that difficult a character to comprehend, really, and. The fact that some of these people just don't get it, you just think, "What are you in the wrong business?" You know, if if you can't understand Superman and Batman uh, after a bit of a crash course, uh, you know, should you be writing them? Really? Um, Again, I I don't believe so. But I think yeah, what happens just, as well, though, me. Rich, outside of Superman and Batman, who are kind of iconic, what happens a lot of the time is you might get a character um, just plucking a name out at random, like Supergirl. 
for example, or um, someone like that, and they go, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what um, went before. Just do your own crazy pitch. And they just do that. So they, 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 they step away from the icons like one or two places and just go, just fucking have Hal Jordan and he can do whatever he wants. Or John Stewart, it doesn't matter what came before. Like, so they just pluck these ones out and they just say, just do whatever you want with it. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. You know? That's why they just go, do what you like. Yeah, and unfortunately what happens is, and, and I'm no continuity fiend. I'm not sitting here going, oh, this happened in Superman 202. You can't, you can't do that. But I am something about, I believe you need to get to the essence of a character, the basics of a character. And that's the kind of thing where I'm like, that's what you need to do. You need to, you need to be true to the character. And if you're just doing these crazy pictures based on nothing, based on sort of thin air, what happens is the line gets diluted. And these fringe characters, most times, you know, the, the core audience deserts. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and that unfor- it's unfortunate, but I think that's exactly what happens. And um, DC and Marvel, I mean, let's, let's be honest with both of them are very guilty of this, you know, uh, mm-hmm. to a ridiculous level. Now, turning uh, away from that discussion, uh, I got into a conversation. I won't name names. because It was a, it was a guy who's followed the show before, uh, on and off, you know, the young guy. And um, he was putting up, he was doing some sort of list uh, of his favourite moments in comics or something. And, and he, had, um, <laughs> he had a picture of JSA. And he's like, we all know Jeff Johns isn't great, but... I really, you know, and then praising his his JSA. And, I mean, I'm no Jeff Johns apologist, but I've read enough very, very fucking good Jeff Johns. I was like, what's wrong with Jeff Johns? Like, you know, he delivers at a high level consistently. Like, that's to be praised as far as I'm concerned. And straight away, this guy went down the rabbit hole of, like, everything fucking Ray Fisher. He, He was going, oh, there's sexist and racist allegations against him, this and that. I was like, what? Like, other than what Cryborg said about, like, you know, which was very vague about, like, basically a pissed-off actor, you know, and mm. and he was trying to, I don't know, he was trying to build a case uh, for Jeff Johns being this, like, serial sort of philanderer, and, um, it, but it was based on nothing. Like, it was, it was, it was, it was just empty sort of accusations, like one woman out there reckoned that he'd been on a chat with her when she was 17, and said he, she, he would have lunch with her. Like I was like, this is that's that's all you've got. Like you're willing, you like you're willing to shred this guy's reputation to a ridiculous level. And, and who knows? We're not to know what I, I don't know the guy, but like I I know enough to say that you are throwing so much heat at this guy on the basis of some very flimsy hearsay evidence. You know. Um, well, what's your uh, view, Rich? Because I, I, I was a bit like, this is a bit far. You're taking the witch hunt a bit far now, you know? Well, technically any witch hunt is far, too far. Sure. Like, there is no such thing as too far. It's a witch hunt. Well, if it was an, <laughs> if it was an actual satanic witch, I would yeah, say it's fair I mean, enough. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Look, when you sent me those messages, I said, look, everyone's entitled to the opinion no matter how wrong it is. And, like, and they are um, entitled to an opinion. Like, you know, that is... That is um, you know, but I think, yeah, I, I think you also need to be able to look at things uh, objectively. Mm. And I'm sorry, but I mean, if if you objectively think that Jeff Johns is a hack writer or something like that, or or because some allegations have come out that now 
makes him a hack writer yeah, or yeah. whatever, then I'm like, uh, no, it, it doesn't it doesn't work oh, like that. Oh, that's your right, talent, but it went your further. Doesn't disappear yeah. because you got accused of something. But it went further than that. Actually, that, I, I forgot I forgot my own fucking story. So yeah, it started with that, and I was kind of like, well, I'm not sure. I'm like, because because for example, his ex wife was like, who's black was like, he's not a racist. And, mm. and, and I was like, well, here we go. I can use Google, too. And, and you had guys going, oh, you know, like, not exactly a solid source. I'm like, he's, she's his, his ex-wife. Like, if you wanted to throw yeah, under the, the, the bus. the woman he married is not a good source. Okay. Like, I don't know. I'm just like, you know, it's, you know it's, 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 as, it's as good as the other sources you're citing. Like, it's classic he said, she said sort of stuff. So, okay, let's well, find I, Okay, well, hang on, hang on. Let's, as I said, let's look at the... Um, let, look, let's look at this, the, the stuff that Jeff Johns has done, right? Mm. He um, put Cyborg in the Justice League. Yeah. He pushed for that, right? Yeah. He's the one who reintroduced Mr. Terrific mm-hmm. and made him a, a big, a bit of a, you know, elevated his standing in the DC universe. Sure. Up there with Batman and all that as like the smartest guy, yeah. black guy. Uh, Johnny Thunder, um, when, uh, when they did, Created a new character, Yakim, uh, uh, Yakim mm. or Joachim, whatever. Like black, mm. like you know, I might I might be willing to listen to you if like every single time Johns created new characters or whatever, they were all white. Okay, what about this? This is this was this was the reply because he blocked me after this, which I, which again I'm like, really, you're blocking people for like you know daring to disagree with you. Um, okay, yes, so, that is a blockable offence. Oh, apparently, yeah. And um, so, I, because I at first was like, what's wrong with Jeff Johns? Like, you know, I think he's pretty solid. He said, I think outside a few runs, he's a reductive, stagnant, and mediocre writer lacking heart or substance. That and the numerous racist and sexual allegations. And then he went further, um, where I was like, wow. Um, okay, you know, that's... Strong words. Um, strong words there, buddy. Uh, you, you're coming in real hot. Like, it's almost actually signal-worthy what you're coming in at. And then he had one more. He he said, um, <laughs> Johns has crippled modern DC, stranded it in the past with stagnant characters. He's everything mm-hmm. wrong with modern DC comics. It's very, you know, intense sort of... Accusation. I'm curious. So, um, <laughs> like, fuck. so when 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 DC wanted to do the new Fifty Two, which Johns was against, yeah, he was against it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, is that's is he take because I mean again when he, sure. they were more focused on the past and and being more accurate with the characters or or you know using. The, the characters pass to tell good stories. I mean, DC was doing very well. I was buying shit tons of yeah, DC. so was I. Once um, New 52 came in, where they were like, out with the old, in with the new. Which was which know? was the new shiny thing for a, for a year, and then it lost its, all its design. And well, did, I mean, did Dio himself like that's said gonna, that. It's going to initially do well, because no one knows what it is. Yeah. You did know, he, and did, so yeah. I mean, for the first year, yeah. people are like, getting Loving invested. It. But after that year, people are like, yeah, I'm not, in, I'm not invested in this. So, I, I, I'm curious how he can claim that Johns is responsible for stagnation when the biggest problem with DC at the moment is they keep wanting to move away from the past. Yeah, and I the do. past is where they've been the most successful. And I don't mean living in the past, but I mean acknowledge that your characters have a past. Yeah, Acknowledge you. what makes those characters, why we love those characters. And guess what? You can still tell new stories. 
JSA told uh, told new stories. Yeah, it broke new ground. I, I mean, agree. he again reintroduced characters. Well, yeah, um, Hawkman. It was all about legacy. Even had Black Adam, and you know, he used Adam Smasher, and like, I'm sorry, but I mean, I don't, I don't. The past and the present can live in in unity with each other. It's not one or the other. I agree. Look, I, look, I think this was a young guy who was kind of like pretty loose off the chain, and I mean, he seemed to be taking it very personally. Like, the, one of his tweets was kind of, it actually made me giggle. He's like. Uh, use Google or don't. I don't care. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, you know, like, Christ, like getting a straight answer out of this, you know, you're so hot on it, but you don't want to supply the, you know, details. Use Google yeah. or not. I don't, I, don't, I don't go to Google for my uh, opinions. I was just, but then I was like, I can use Google too. You know, look Sounds at like me. Someone's I, been using Google to form an opinion. Fucking, I, I use Google as well. And look what I found. But his ex-wife coming out, who's black, by the way, saying that he's not a racist. But that, but apparently that wasn't that wasn't good enough, Rich. Like they, you know, she it wasn't a sworn affidavit or something like that. Well, I don't know. you know what? Someone someone made a good point. They 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 said like the problem with um, the accusing people of of racism in the days, right? Is he said it's basically like an MMA chokehold that you can't get out of because sure. if you say I'm not racist, they go, well, that's just what a racist would say, <laughs> you know. And then when you say, okay, yes, I am racist, oh, then yeah. they go, yeah, you are. So yeah. whether whether you agree with them or disagree with them, you are you're still stuck in that hold of being a racist. So I, I just don't feel there's enough evidence to to like this is evidence from evidence, man. This is the internet. <laughs> I know, but but like what I'm trying to say is I don't think that there's even enough sort of like there's nothing there really of any great consequence. Like it's it's an absolute molehill that that some of these guys online are just so willing to die over and it's just like jesus christ like if you could just relax a little bit maybe you know you might enjoy life a little bit more but it, but it's at such a high pitch and they're so hyper and hypersensitive i think is the is the word i'd use to describe it and at the end of the day i mean look you know perfectly nice guy but like you know i think he's just lost the plot a little bit like basically you know and you know but it's it, it's kind of like it's sad almost really to me like it's like there's no re i mean i invited him on the show i was like you can come on the show and debate it with rich but they don't want to they'd rather be pissed off and block you man you know well that's the thing it's easy to debate online because you can you can walk away at any time you can you can block it at any time but, but like it's an, i have an open forum if, if he wanted to come on he could come on you know like i'd make sure it didn't get too hot but they're not interested in that kind of stuff, man. They they just want to snob. No, I mean, and as I said, I mean, if your opinion is, look, I don't like Johns's writing or his characterizations. Okay, fair enough. He's, that's he's a, entitled that's a personal, to it, but like, no, no, we I'm can saying, rebut that's it. A personal you know? thing. You are entitled to that opinion. Yeah. But when you say something like, Jeff Johns is the reason that DC yeah. is is like lost in the wind or stagnated or is failing, then I'm like, no, you need to actually. You need to do some research. But and, they've almost and, forced Johns out. Like he 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 took his imprint with him, and he went to Image. And like, look, and you know what? They brought him back for that rebirth. Yeah. And if people were loving it, I was loving it. I yeah. was like, oh yes, we're finding. And guess what? Then after the rebirth, what did they try and do? Okay, well we've given them a taste of what they wanted. Yeah. Now let's go change all the characters again. Yeah. I know. And then people were like, I'm out. Like that's yeah. my point. Like you can't turn around and say, oh, you're stagnated, stuck in the past. It's like readers. There's comfort in reading a character that you're familiar with. Yeah. And you know what? You can still do all that new shit, but you need to do both. Yeah, you do. You need. I've always said you need a balanced line. And sadly, uh, I think um, 
DC have sort of lost the plot a lot. I think we've spoken a lot about how they, they stripped away a lot of the managers and the editors, and uh, they've, mm. they've kind of been running on fumes creatively for, for a couple of years, and um, it shows. Yeah, I just feel there's no core there at the moment. I don't, yeah. I don't feel like DC has a core, yeah, and that's I, the problem. I'd agree with you. Anyway, so moving on, Chang-Chi mm. uh, had a fairly big opening weekend. It uh, took in 20, $29.6 million on Friday. Estimates were it would take $86 million, uh in four days. Let's have a look at Box Office Mojo. I know that this fucking Chang-Chi guy is really... High on his own supply, man. Like he's tweeting out pictures of himself laughing at a well, computer. To, to you know? be fair, Dave, I mean, there has never ever been a, an Asian actor before him. <laughs> like he is the first Asian actor to be put in a Hollywood movie. It so has give him, been, give him his sarcastic. due, you know. I know you're being sarcastic. Look, <laughs> it, it, it took in 75 million in the opening weekend, which is very good um, in a mm. pandemic. Um, it's taken 157 million worldwide. Um, it's a success. Um, what's hilarious is uh, only. A year ago, movies that weren't making, you know, upwards of like eight hundred million were considered a failure. If you recall, uh, that was the that was the thing. Oh, now, that's all changed now. Oh, of course, it's all changed. It's hilarious. And Which, like, to be fair, it has to because um, COVID. Yeah, you, it's it's not a one for one. No, I know, but like the, the, so. the, the press, the press was whenever a movie would make like seven hundred fifty million, that's a failure. It's like, well, you need to look at the budget and you need to look at the marketing costs before you determine that. But well, I suppose the question is, since the the, the COVID, what has been the highest grossing movie? I think this is up there. Actually, I think this is up. I think this is it is this is amongst them. I believe um, we can probably look at that but anyway the point is it's made some money and um i wanted to know i, I was going to do a, a quick thing just i mean the spoilers I, i'm not really i couldn't give two shits about shang chi and the legend of the ten rings honestly like as a as a fucking character i've, I've read about two pages of shang chi in my entire life and it was ten, <laughs> it was too too many he turned up in one hickman thing look and I, and I like bruce lee as much as the next guy so you know, don't come accusing me of race. I actually like Bruce Lee, but it's like the fact that this is Bruce Lee in the Marvel Universe. Or Marvel Universe. I'm like, yeah, I, I like the regular Bruce Lee. But anyway, um, I thought we'd do the mid-credit scene and the post-credit scene, you know, so we can discuss that because I think that's the only stuff that really has a big impact on the the Marvel Universe in itself. Um, you don't mind that, do you, Rich? Or, no. I was going to say, are you really concerned that your your post-credit scene is going to be destroyed by me now? Uh, a post-credit scene for a movie I was not going to watch? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I'm going to be devastated. Okay, so first post-credit scene, and spoilers, kids out there, you might want to fast-forward fucking five minutes, or you might want to be an adult and just get spoiled anyway, and you'll be fine. Um, first post-credit scene is Wong with Shang-Chi and Katie in the Sanctum. They are talking with Bruce Banner, human form, not Professor Hulk. Well, that's good. And Captain Marvel has long hair now. And they talk about the Ten Rings as a power just showing up and how there's other things in the universe they must not know about. Uh, Bruce and Carol are there using the same kind of hologram tech Natasha uses to talk to them in Endgame. They also mention that there's something in the Ten Rings acting as a beacon, sending a signal. When Katie and Shang ask where it's sending to, Captain Marvel gets a message and she and Bruce have to leave. Bruce is also still wearing a sling. Wong basically says to them, welcome to the team. And it ends with the three of them going to karaoke and singing Hotel California. Okay. After credits, the sister is in her room. Someone says they're here and she walks out. She's taken over her dad's palace. The Ten Rings banner is now reddish. Her gang is around her while she sits on the throne, zooms out, and people are training. And the base now has some graffiti, etc., showing the new leader the Ten Rings will return. So there we go. So 
it's really just a bit of a tease. And you know, Hulk is still a bit injured, but he's on the he's on the comeback trail. Was that because he got? Did he get really badly injured in in um, Endgame? I can't even remember. Yeah, because he did the uh, he he did the first snapback. Right. Okay. And it basically like completely fucked up his arm. Right. Okay. So he's still wearing a sling. So he's on, he's he's recovering. So, I mean, look, I I mean, I watch. Will will I watch? Um, Thingo, uh, Shang Chi when it comes out. Yeah, of course. And am I you know desperately? Even when I read that, I'm sort of more interested in the um, in the in the post credit scene than the actual movie. I just I just struggle to care about it really. I, I you know, is there something wrong with me, Rich? Or is, is it? I don't know. It doesn't sound like that much of a fascinating. And credit skin, if I'm no, seeing, if I'm being honest. Yeah, Captain Marvel and Hulk though together. At least there's some Hulk. <laughs> you know? I like Hulk. I like okay. Hulk, and I like Captain Marvel. You know, like you know, I'm sort of like but you know, Sea Hulk. You saw Bruce Banner. Yeah, but but he's still Hulk, man. Like you know, you, you see Banner. I mean, all I'm saying is, it's yeah, I agree. It's not that great, but it's it's something. And as usual, they're pointing to something. They're signaling to something. Rich, what's it going to be? Galactus, potentially, I'd say. Um, uh, well, wouldn't the theory be that it's um, Kang? Yeah, well, that would be a theory. But Kang was revealed, dude, in Loki, and he sucked. Yeah, but don't forget he was like, I'll see you soon. So, I mean, yeah. I assume that they were using Loki to set up the new big I just hope that he's more villain. interesting than Kang was in Loki, because, my God, he sucked in, in Loki. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it pissed me off. You mean Kang the comedian? Kang the comedian, and <laughs> Kang the fucking lightweight. Uh, here's a hot take. I want to get your opinion on this. Patty Jenkins says the movies released on streaming services look like fake movies. Bang. So she's still pretty... What's in, a fake movie? I'm sorry, what's a... F- what, what does fake movie mean? Know. But uh, I mean, maybe a low budget or something, you know? That's a... F- okay. <laughs> That's a weird... It's a weird choice of words. Fake movie. Okay. Well, she might mean like TV movies, you know? <laughs> well, you know, like a TV movie. I mean, movie. I don't know. I've seen, uh, I've seen some good ones. Yeah. There are some bad ones, but I mean, guess what? I've seen some horrendous fucking movies too, <laughs> so with fun. very bad uh, special effects and and <laughs> low budget. I don't understand what she's. Yeah, I think she. I, I don't know. She's got to stick up her bum about something. Oh, she's pissed off that Wonder Woman eighty four had to debut on well, HBO Max. I'd be more pissed off that you made such a bad movie. Aquaman two director James Wan has revealed a new stealth suit for Aquaman. Have you seen this, Rich? <laughs> no. Why does he need a stealth suit? I guess so he can swim underwater really quietly. Uh, <laughs> it's, it, it's so lame. You look at it, dude, and it's just like, it literally is like someone's just put on the stealth suit on an action figure or something. Like, it just looks so fucking lame. Like, it's just like a black suit. If, if, he, wants a, if he wants a cheap stealth suit, all he has to do is take off the orange um, shirt and then they won't see him underwater. Well, he's wearing a black suit, Rich, so for all those times that Aquaman has to do stealthy combat missions... It's because yeah, Jason Momoa strikes me as the guy that is uh, quiet sne- and stealthy. Yeah. He's the sneak, the, the sneak attacker, sneaky bugger. <laughs> um, yeah. So now, Bane. Now, this is a bit of an internet hot rumor that uh, that I stumbled across last night in some of my internet uh, searching on Twitter. Grace Randolph again, uh, actually. Um, <laughs> And she was reporting that Bane, the character of Bane, co-created by Chuck Dixon and uh, Graham Nolan, uh, has a one-line appearance in the Peacemaker show. And there's a lot of... And then James uh, Gunn apparently shot that down, but there was a lot of conjecture 
about this. I mean, and she apparently has read the script. And so in the script, he may have had a line, but it sounds like it might have been cut out, you know, post-script. Um, but, you know, what do you think about Bane appearing in Peacemaker, Rich? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, because I don't even know what the context of the show is, so I, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, but uh, depending on what the story is, sure. I mean, uh, Bane is is a, technically like a crime boss. Mm. He's a crime lord, drugs and cartels and stuff and all that. Well, what's, so, the, I mean, what's the? Is it Santa Prisca? Is that the? Some, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Some island of Santa Prisca or something like that. So, um, so again, I mean, yeah. If, I mean, if you're talking about, yeah, if I mean, it could make sense if we're talking about drugs and yeah, the the venom drug and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, if it's just a random fucking one liner cameo, like oh look, it's pain, then no, <laughs> Mr. Wayne. <laughs> Gotham Shell Burn. And what's the voice again? Gotham Shell Burn, Mr. Wayne, or whatever. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I don't know. Yeah, but... Are you, are, you, are you talking about the Nolan ones? Yeah, yeah. Can you do the voice? The, the you know, Gotham Shell Burn, uh, Mr. Wayne, and all that stuff? Hang on, let me see if I can remember <laughs> to do the voice. Gotham Shell Burn, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> yeah, it's even worse, but it's, it's like even more heightened from that. Uh, it's such an odd decision that, to go with that voice, actually, frankly. It's just such an odd, odd... Well, to be fair, it's it's no more odd than fucking uh, Batman going, ruh, 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 so... Yeah, true. Um, it kind of it find, it fits in with that fucking will that you've already established. People so. doing stupid voices. Um, Hulk is reportedly making a cameo in Moon Knight. So Hulk's really playing the field at the moment, Rich. Hmm. I'd be down for that, for Hulk being in Moon Knight. That'd be cool in the Moon Knight TV show. I mean, does does every single fucking movie have to have a cameo? Yes. I, I think when you're doing Marvel Universe, you have to have some team up at some point. You've mm. got to have... Well, when I say team up, you just have to have an appearance because they're part of the Marvel Universe, which always was very interconnected. Well, I suppose it's fine. Well, I don't know. I don't know. As I said, if it makes sense, it's fine. But if you're just chucking in, if you're just chucking in cameos, I really don't care. Let's find out, um, actually, while we're here on this topic, let's talk about Abomination's appearance in Shang-Chi because he was in the trailer. Shang-Chi, Abomination, because that's the other thing I'm interested in. See, this is why they have crossovers, which so that people who don't give a shit about the actual character will still turn up to to check out, like, the little bits and pieces, um, you know, uh, about the actual... um, wider universe so like i i'm interested in abomination so i will i will check to see what that means um when mm. i when i watch the movie now but shang chi himself i couldn't give a shit about shang chi i'm just trying to find that a scene breakdown shang chi abomination scene breakdown like come on internet the fucking movie's been out like days so you know surely you can break the whole fucking thing down for me you know but no we have to it's all fucking youtube it's all YouTube, 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 which doesn't help me right now. Um, two days ago. The Abomination is featured, though he's now received the redesign since his last MCU appearance. While the Abomination was originally more of a brownish-yellow version of the Hulk with bone spikes and a bald head, the former Hulk ri- rival has now undergone some basic style changes. It's all bullshit. I can't get to it. I'll... I'll I'll try to go back to my breakdown of the um of the actual movie. Let's see here. 
Let's see here. Where the fuck is Abomination, Richard? I'm, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Here we go. Okay, Xyalong. I think they've just made him look more comic accurate, haven't okay, they? Probably. Xyalong, his sister. This is this is from the Shang-Chi um, breakdown on Reddit. It runs an underground fight club. The only real Easter egg I saw was a fight a person fighting an extremist soldier. Well, that's, that's interesting. Wong and Abomination fight in a cage, with Wong winning after making Abomination punch himself via portal. Wong knows Ab- Abomination. Uh... So that's it. So it's pretty minor. <laughs> it's just it's just an excuse to have abomination in the, in the movie, Rich. For yes. two for two seconds. So th- see, and that is where they get my ticket, you know, because I'm because I'm like, well, abominations in it. Then you turn up and abominations in it, fucking gets punched out and loses, and that's the end of the story. Like, and, and he knows Wong pr- from previous. Okay. Yep. The end. The end. That's all there is to it. There's no need to go to Watergate hearings over this one, is there, Rich? You know? No. There is no need to get the lawyers involved. Um, but there's something where the lawyers are involved. Um, the Disney Scarlett Johansson schism reportedly soured a new Russo Brothers Marvel deal. Um, apparently they were going to direct another Marvel Cinematic Universe movie and uh, due to a lot of problems over the contract and what they saw happening to Scarlett Johansson, they've pulled their offer. In the meantime, Scarlett Johansson reportedly her team wanted $100 million from Disney. Um, that was the, that the, that is being reported as one of the demands. Now I'm pretty sure that Disney sounds like extortion. I I'm going to go one step further. I think it's Disney pumping the rumor mill. I think Disney are trying to build their case in the media, so they're putting out some negative press. Uh, I like, don't know. So um, something I heard about apparently, which I find very interesting, is that in cases like this, it's supposed to go to arbitration. Well, it would. It, it, they only go to. But the Scarlet and uh, California skipped arbitration and went straight to the suing. And Disney was trying to force it into arbitration. Yeah, interesting. That is interesting. So well, I don't know. I don't, maybe you know. Again, I'm, I don't don't go to back to, back to Disney a lot, but I mean, maybe they not the ones. Well, the, the court will probably send them to me. Doing dodgy anyway. shit here. Maybe this is Scarlet and, and California doing some shit to try and extort some money. Well, who knows? Um, I think that'll be interesting. And, and perhaps... Because, again, court... remember we were talking about why didn't they just pay off? They were trying to force it into arbitration. Yeah, I get it. But the, the court will probably order it to go into mediation anyway. You know, well, we'll but, see. Again, yeah. uh, well, I mean, again, it shouldn't have gone to this phase anyway, but we'll see what happens, I guess. Yes. Uh, now, there was some, um, uh, some shenanigans at Action Lab Comics, Rich. Have you heard of Action Lab? Apparently, they've, they've not been paying a string of creators, late payments, missing payments, poor publishing plans, and a lack of communication. Uh, some phrase mm. this is being ghosted by Action Lab or the company keeping their books hostage. So basically, people have completed books, haven't got them paid, aren't hearing back, uh, emails won't get in returned, phone calls won't get in returned. Uh, Rich Johnson of Bleeding Cool had a quite interesting um, uh, interview section with the guy where the guy was trying to hose down a lot of rumours. He blamed it on COVID. He blamed it on stepping away from position. They lost another guy. But yeah, no, it's um, it doesn't it doesn't sound good. Um, mm. and it really sounds like they're on the back foot, and it sounds like it was a cash flow problem as well. Um, so it's interesting. Uh, and how about this question? Uh, why do you believe comic creators should trust you publishing their work going forward? And this is the response: I don't believe any creator should blindly trust any publisher. I suggest they read our contract and handbook. We are very upfront with what we expect when we live up to our contracts. 
We expect our creators to do the same. Therefore, it is important that creators ask questions and know what they're getting into before signing. Jesus. Like, you're the ones put, trying to put out an apology and at the same time you're saying, I, I don't think you should trust. Like, there is no trust. You know, yeah, I agree. Well, they they should run a contract by a lawyer, but... Maybe, but maybe he's also saying, check our uh, contracts and that's how you know you can trust us because... Yeah, but it'll be in the contract. I mean, again, I, I honestly, I don't know. But Rich, I mean, the, the problem is that they, 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 they're not paying on time. They're not getting back to people. They're not putting their books out on time. So they're failing on every single score. Mm. That's the problem, man. That's why they're being held to account. That's why Signal might need to get involved. <laughs> if I could be bothered about Action Labs, a, a, a comic book company I've never heard of until this news item. Um, Bella Lugosi, Richard, was buried in his Dracula costume. That's pretty good. Cool. Uh, is that true, though? I've well, always heard that it's been more of a rumour or a myth. Well, if it is, I'm reporting on the myth. And you know what they say? If the choice is the legend or the truth, print the legend. Fair enough. That's, that's from um, uh, Liberty Valance. The man who shot Liberty Valance. Mm. The choice is between the legend and the truth, print the legend. Um, I mean, it'd be interesting if he, if he was, but as I said, it's, it's I don't know. Well, I mean, unless we go dig him up. But then again, the clothes could be... I, I, I want to get buried in my Deadpool cap, I've decided. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. In my cap. Just my just my corpus with my cap on, you know. Um, in My Son, James McAvoy stars as a father whose son is kidnapped. All of McAvoy's dialogue for the film will be unscripted. What? God. <laughs> Jesus. Like, that's not a plus. So what... It's going to just be spurt acting, where, where you're just in the scene like improv. It's going to be improv acting in a fucking film. Great. Mm. That would be torture. That's what all actors want, though. Do they? I don't think I so. I guarantee you most actors hate scripts. Yeah. Most I... actors, are they'll be like, let me just do it myself. Really? Jesus. I will say, I've always wondered how actors can remember all their lines. Because I would find that that's hard. Their, that's their job. Yeah, I would, I would actually find that hard myself. Like... I get it's their job, but like it, that is challenging. I think. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's any different from me- uh, memorizing your your actual job. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's probably just not something I'd be very good at. But um, yeah, but it's interesting. Uh, but I yeah, this sounds awful. This movie, like it sounds really bad. That we're just going to be shooting James McAvoy just improving. Like it's like, are there any boundaries of what this guy can say? Who knows? Mate, could be the best thing ever. Could. That's the operative word in your sentence, Richard. Could. And Yeah, anything could. <laughs> anything could, but like it could suck badly is more likely. Is, well, that's another could. <laughs> Andrew Garfield reacts to the rumours he's in Spider-Man No Way Home. This is not something I'm aware I am involved in. He's being quite cagey, though. He's, he's playing with the press now. He's saying, I'm a fan too. I'd really love to see it, you know, but it's not something I'm aware I'm involved in. I mean, Rich... We've got, haven't we got a, have, we've got a dinner on this, haven't we? You saying he, he's not in it and I'm saying he is. Have we got, we've got a lunch in it, haven't we, surely? Again, I don't know if we have any Spider-Man ones. Well, do you want to have we can, one? We can make it one if you want. Let's have one. I, I, we'll say a lunch. A, a, just a normal priced lunch. I say he's in it. You say he's not in it. You up for that? Uh, sure. Okay. So note that down in town at home. Um, luckily, our other intern has who blocked me. <laughs> our student intern is out of a out of a job. 
But we've got other interns, luckily. So note that down, somebody. Now, Batmite strikes again. I was having a Batmite craze earlier this week, wasn't I, Rich? Yes, and you um, certainly were. I did, I brought. I wanted to well, look. Really, we can wrap it up in one big discussion. Um, so Batmite, for those who don't know, is the fifth dimensional imp who's a massive fan of Batman, and he's he's very similar to Mister McPizzlick, except he's not as menacing. I guess you would say, like Mister McPizzlick. Well, yeah, the difference between them is uh, Batmite is. <sighs> He doesn't mean to make Batman's life hard. Yes. He is a massive fan of Batman. It's just that in his zeal and the way he carries on, he makes Batman's life yes. hellish. Whereas with um, uh, Mr. Mix Pidlick, he literally wants to piss off Superman. Yeah, yeah. He's he's kind of obsessed by like, it. He loves just pestering him. He does everything he can to annoy the fuck out of him. So. Yeah, yeah. But, but, yeah but that's, he... that's the difference. They're both from the same dimension. It's just yes. that one's a super fan... And the other one is a pain in the ass. Exactly. Now, well, a a, pers- a a purposeful pain in the ass. Yes. And um, so the first ones we did was uh, two episodes of Batman: Brave and the Bold, a, a series that I just can't get enough of. Rich, I love this series. I've I've watched like probably fifteen episodes in the last week. Um, have you? Oh, oh, you haven't watched the final episode, have you? No. Uh, Adam, the computer says it's really, really good. He, he loves that final episode. It's a good ending, and it's got Batmite, and it's got Ambush Bug in it. Beautiful. Can't wait. And uh, guess who voices Ambush Bug? Uh, I want to say Keith Giffen. No, Henry Winkler. Really? Henry Winkler, mm. the Fonz? Yeah. Hey, I love the Fonz. Yeah, he's cool, Henry Winkler. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed that in a million years, actually. Um, now, Legend of the Black, of the Dark... Legend of the Dark Might was a great episode, and was also awesome to see Ace the Bat Hound reach. Um, I really enjoyed it. And is that the one where he brings in Ace's cousin? Uh, no, no. It's it, Ace is just there, and it, it's kind of like um, I think the Strange Adventures of Batman or something, as it starts out as. And oh, the Strange Cases. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh that's the one where they have the Japanese Batman and the. Um... Uh, the crossover with the Scooby-Doo? Yes. Yes, yes. it is. Yes. Ex- well done, Richard, in remembering, because I was struggling. That there's a Scooby-Doo. Now, my question is, were they actual inserts from previous cartoons, or was that done? No, new? no, no, no. So that that was actually voiced by the... That, that was new, and it was voiced by the new Scooby-Doo right. uh, cast. So it was it was new, because I wasn't sure if it, if it was kind of like a best of of previous stuff. But no. it was just done. Well, it was very clever how it was done. It really, I, I enjoyed it a hell of a lot. And it was fun. Like, I mean, it was, it's 22 minutes. These Brave and the Bold episodes fly by. Um, and you're almost, they are big experts in leaving you wanting more, I find, the the Brave and the Bold. Like, I'm often like, it finishes and I'm like, man, I, you know, I could well, have spent said, more time I feel like story. this is a love letter to, to, you know, Golden Age, Silver Age, uh, Bronze Age stuff. Like, yeah. You know, they they kind of embrace the silliness and and sometimes the goofiness of that Yes. Of that era. And the second one era. was interesting, was Emperor Joker, and it was kind of a riff on the Jeff Loeb story. Mm. Where instead of Mr. McPizlick um giving all his power to the Joker, Batmite does. Batmite, who, again, who does it by accident. Who does it by accident, yes. He's trying to help Batman. Did Mr. McPizlick do it by accident as well? I think he might have. Uh 
I think he was tricked or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. But Batmite exactly. was definitely trying to give all his power to Batman, and then he accidentally hit. Um, yeah, because Joker. he promised Batman that he wouldn't use his powers. Yes. So then he was like, and then Batman is probably like, oh, but he didn't say that he couldn't use my powers, and so Love then it. he tried to transfer, but he accidentally. Yeah, transferred to. Oh, you know what? That episode for a, a like a kid show is pretty fucking dark. Yeah, because they kill Batman repeatedly. Yes, they do. In that, and in one of the things they drop him in acid, and you see the skeleton and everything, and I was just like, "Damn, this is this is actually quite pushing the boundaries of." I like of it dark though. I like show. it, man. I, I like it a lot. I like that they're doing it. Like, it's cool, you know. And I also really liked. Um, basically how it ended i thought how it ended was uh was pretty fantastic as well like we where he said to batman goes but you're your own superhero now you've got a nemesis and he's got joker might and mm. you know and joker might then he like takes joker might into the fifth dimension and then you see joker might try to escape and then he drags him back um look for me it was just fun i i guess i just really i really enjoyed it and i guess we could probably bring up um i I did actually bring up. Um, do we want to do? Uh, we, we'll, we'll wait till Flashback Friday where we cover a couple of comics where where, where Batman was in it. But yeah, just a hell of a lot of fun. And I would recommend if you're out there and you know, let's say you're a young parent, I, I really think this Batman Brave and the Bold. If if your kids are upwards of about five or six, they could really enjoy. Rich, would you agree? Uh, up to ten. Yeah. What do you mean? Up to ten. Age. Well, I mean they could be past 10 but i'm saying from five or six upwards you know oh up oh yeah sure sure you mean the minimum yeah yeah minimum yeah. oh sorry i thought you were saying the range and i was like mm, no i would i would say it's a bit no but yeah 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 from yeah from five six oh, all I'm, the way up. i'm yeah. 47 rich and i'm watching it so you know you're a big kid though yeah true uh take two assuming the creators of the reverse engineer grand theft auto 3 and grand theft auto vice city uh fan projects half a year after the project received a dmca takedown so, what are these guys are actually? I don't know what they're doing. Like, why wouldn't they just play the regular Grand Theft Auto Three? <laughs> like, why would they be reverse engineering it? Well, you know, because some people just like to do nerdy, nerdy technical shit. things just to see if they can. I suppose so. Yeah. Wow. Eh? Pushing the boundaries of what's possible. <laughs> well, yeah. Maybe they could just be. Well, again, it's, it's maybe it's a more of a personal challenge. I suppose so, but now they're getting sued, Rich. Were they actually monetizing this? Well, that's this? the thing. You have to remember, like, uh, people who are fans of um, games and stuff and all that, they, they spend a lot of time creating stuff for that, even though they're not allowed to or they're not supposed to or, yeah, you know. Um, sure. But, like, I, I must be honest. If, if, if there's a way around it, I would literally, if you really want something in the game, right, if you make something like it's a mod or something and you really want it, right. just sell it to the company for 10 bucks. Yeah, you know, like if you because that's all the the, the company is just trying to protect their um, their IP. Yeah, because if you allow people to do stuff, then apparently you it, it weakens your claim. Yeah, on the intellectual property. So then, if you really want it, and if you just want the recognition, and you really want it in the game or to be put, just sell it to them for ten bucks. Say I've made this program, whatever. It's yours for ten bucks. Yeah, and you'll be known as the person who did that. Yeah, I mean, I'm so, like, I, I guess I'm just lazy. I'm just like, who could be bothered, personally? You know, like, hey, man, that's the <laughs> that's the internet. Lots of people have lots of free time. <laughs> yeah, like, not like clearly these guys can be bothered. They're fucking. Well, there's people like, who spend their whole lives making memes. Yeah, true. 
and and God bless him for it as well. Oh, no, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying people spend their time doing sometimes we we put out a hit podcast. Odd things. We put out a hit podcast. People won't turn around to us and try to point so, the mirror. Yeah, why you do that? Because <laughs> we're like legends of the game. Like we're yeah. legends of the game, scoring consistent runs week after week, churn and burn. Um, you know, shake and bake. Yeah, it's interesting stuff. Oh yeah, I was a friend of mine was talking about the Amsterdam coffee houses, and I was just thinking to myself, man, imagine just getting in there, Rich. We're in there. We 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 put in we put up the you know the computer have a have a microphone each. We just get real baked and do a show. It could probably go for about <laughs> ten hours, man. Like it'd be it it'd be I'd have to edit it to two separate shows. The file would be so big, um, but we could get right to the heart of it and um, be interesting. Now, Richard, some big mm. news this week. The Elder Scrolls game, you know I'm a huge fan, obviously. Um, it is mm-hmm. reportedly planned as an Xbox exclusive. The Elder Scrolls Six, the next mainline entry in Bethesda's popular fantasy RPG series, is reported being planned as an Xbox exclusive. With, yeah. with Bethesda now part of the Microsoft family, a new report claims uh, blah, 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 it will be already... Bethesda's next title, Starfield, is already an Xbox exclusive, with the game slated for release on Xbox Series X and S and Microsoft Windows on November 11, 2022. Uh, in a post to Twitter, GamesBeat editor Jeff Grubb responded to a post claiming that Bethesda's Pete Hines suggested in a recent interview that Starfield could make its way to Sony's PlayStation 5 system in the future. No, Grubb wrote. And also, Elder Scrolls Six is planned as Xbox exclusive as well. Rich, your reaction, your take? Uh, I'm not surprised. I mean, I was very shocked when everyone said, oh, Xbox would never make it um, the Bethesda stuff exclusive. And I was like, well, then why did they spend all that money? Yeah. Like, if you honestly believe that they spent, like, what was it, $7 billion or something, wasn't it? I don't know. It was some some stupid number. It wasn't as high as $7 million. Like, there's no way it was $7 billion. You kidding? I know that. I can't remember how much it was, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm Googling it. Oh, sorry, continue, 7 million. Continue. Probably like 7 million. But my point is, you More don't spend 7 million to make games for PlayStation. Yeah. And people must also remember um, Morrowind was exclusive to Xbox. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I, don't, I didn't remember that at all. Um, I know. I, I think Elder Scrolls was the first one that came, but Morrowind was exclusive to the original Xbox console. Right. So Bethesda. Wow, had Richard, a, how does it feel could... to be right? Seven point five billion purchase at Bethesda. Oh, right, wow, Rich! Like fuck, seven point five billion. Uh, mm. I know that Bill Gates just spent four billion acquiring the Four Seasons Hotel chain. Wow, seven point five billion seems mm. like a lot of money to spend to buy. So a my Bethesda. point is, you, yeah, you don't spend that money to not make those games exclusive. True, Rich. Uh, you know what? You're starting to make a lot of sense, Rich. How does that feel? Nice price. Mm. Feels good, buddy. Feels good. Feels, feels real good, I bet. Like, <laughs> yeah, it would feel real good to be sitting in your shoes right now. You you made what I thought was a crazy-ass call. A- and I was like, Rich, slow down. Turns out you were right on the money. I'm pretty impressed. Yeah, I thought it was. I was like, it was a stupid number. It was like, yeah. it was a massive amount of money. Now, look, I mean, there was always a chance that they could have, in their good graces, allowed the next Elder Scrolls game to... Um, exist to 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 be maybe a timed exclusive but um why would they need to do that 
I don't know, man. That's a good question. You know what I mean? Because the the because okay, how often has Sony allowed their exclusives to go onto Xbox, even if it's later? No, not not often. Never. Not, not often. Yeah. You know, the only time it's if it's been a timed exclusive, but any of the exclusive, Uncharted, um, Ghost of Shiba, that stuff is never coming to Xbox. And that hurt Xbox in the last round, I think. I, I, I think yeah. that, that's what forced Xbox to make this buy. But you know what? I think, here's the thing. I mean, obviously, that takes time. But I think come in the next couple of years, you're going to see a lot of a lot of exclusives on Xbox because you're going to have pretty much most of the all the Bethesda and the the company's own that are under the, uh, you know, uh, Bethesda umbrella. Yes. Uh, you know, the Doom games, um, all that, that's all going to be exclusive. They've bought um, uh, Obsidian, you know, who are the guys that um, also make RPGs. Right. They're yeah. going to make exclusives, you know, and they've also got stuff that they've allowed to go dormant, like the Fable series, which they're going to be bringing out. So yes, they bind up all these companies. Those companies are going to, now again, people go, oh, there's nothing this year. Yeah, but, they only just bought the companies. It yeah. takes a couple of years to yeah. make a game. Yeah. You don't make a game in six months. No, definitely. But I reckon by twenty twenty three, you'll 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 have a bunch of exclusives on on Xbox. That Make, makes hopefully sense. Will, hopefully will be good. Makes sense, Rich. You're making sense tonight, man. I must admit, I kind of like at first doubted what Rich was saying, but now you're sounding like the sanest guy in the room. Seriously, I flipped. I flipped completely. I flipped completely on this story. Um, it sounds like I might have to buy myself one of the new Xboxes when it comes out. I'm still waiting to buy one. <laughs> I, I, but I can take my time, man. I've got my PS5. There's not a ton of games coming out anyway. Um, no, well, that's the thing. Know. I mean, I'm I'm not in a massive rush because one, I mean, there is no consoles, but yeah, there isn't that many exclusive games that they don't. Any game that's coming in now is still on the uh, the last Xbox. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, um, but yeah. I will get it at some point just because, as I said, I've it's always been the first console that I've bought ever since the uh, original Xbox. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough, man. Well, that's interesting. Now, this was interesting. June was a disappointment as reported by IndieWire who saw a cut of the movie. So this is a movie that there is a lot of expectation for. A lot of people are looking forward to the June movie, and IndieWire have said it was disappointing, Rich. Uh, do you think that this is um, just another studio plotting a little bit of sabotage or, you know, paid opinions kind of thing, or what? Uh, I don't know. It could be disappointing. It could be. Yeah, of it could be. Um, I mean, uh, the thing is, you've got to be so careful because that is just such a hard property to it's... to adapt. As I said, I still think it would have been better as a high-budget um TV show. Really? I know they have tried it before, but that was a bit more low budget. Yeah. Uh, or not even necessarily a TV show, but maybe more like a, a, a mini. Uh, I mean, is it? are they doing this movie in parts or are they trying to cram in as much no, as possible? No, apparently it's the first half of the book. Okay so, okay, so I mean, at least at least split the book into like... Well, it yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, sp- split the book into three. Right. Or, or, or two. I mean, if you're going to make them maybe like three-hour movies or it's, something it's like split, that. But... It's split into two. It's split into two. This is the first half. But is, are the movies going to be like at least three hours long? I believe so. I think it's a pretty yeah, Okay, long well, movie. you could get it. Yeah, I mean, that, that could be fine. I mean, yeah. they, I mean, look, they have they did do with Lord of the Rings, but let's be honest, Lord of the Rings isn't exactly as dense as uh, Dune is. Like, it's Dune is just dense. far more characters. <laughs> can, There's a lot going on. Uh, in Dune, going yeah. on, so. Yeah. True. 
Good point, Rich. You know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very, very interesting, man, to see what happens, what 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 shakes out of this whole affair. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll keep an eye on it, that's for sure. Uh, Warner Brothers mistook blood sh- sport for dead shot in Idris Elba's birthday tweet. <laughs> oh. Warner Brothers deletes a tweet in which Idris Elba's Suicide Squad blood sport was referred to as dead shot. I mean... Well, he pretty much was. So let's let's call a let, you know let's be honest. Yeah, that's he was he was discount dead shot because um, they couldn't get Will Smith. Yeah, that was funny, and um, yes, it, it it's I guess the living definition of irony, really. Um, you know, basically that this happened. Uh, now, finally, uh, Horizon Forbidden West will get a free PS4 to PS5 upgrade after all. There was some speculation if that was going to be happening. I, I think Ghost of Tsushima actually cost you a little bit of money to upgrade, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't actually... I've, I've got the game and, and I have the upgrade, but I can't remember if I actually spent money on it or not. Ghost of Tsushima... Because that, that had an upgrade for the PS5. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima upgrade. I'm not sure. Cost. Well, I mean, what was the charge going to be for the, um, the upgrade? 20 bucks. Okay, so, I mean... Mm. Seems very excessive. I think so too. Um, I mean, I mean, if you had said, "Hey, you know, five bucks." Yeah, yeah. Five bucks, uh, and you can upgrade. You if you own it, five bucks, and you upgrade to the the better version. Okay, that's you know, I mean, that's nineteen US as well. I think that's a rip off, man. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. If it's if it's US, and it probably should be about two dollars fifty. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Weekly comics, Rich. Um, we'll start out with Blue and Gold Two. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10, and I felt this was a better issue than the first issue, Rich. You're the booster guy, Blue Beetle guy. I agree. You do agree? Okay. I agree it was better than the first one, yes. Okay. Was it was it a pass mark from you? Um, yeah, I gave it about a, uh, I gave it a 7 out of 10 as okay. well. Yeah. Um, I still, I don't know, it still feels... I just still feel like there's something missing, but I can't put my finger on it yet. I, maybe I'll... Maybe I'll be able to put my finger on it come the um, third issue or something At like that. At least the it's... comedy was, was down pat a bit. I thought the comedy was quite clever. Um, and I thought the action moved well, and I thought the art was good. It was The, the, the Beetle bug looked awesome. The awful. art was a bit up and down, okay. if, if I'm being honest. Sometimes it looked really good, and other times it didn't. Right. This is Ryan Sukonard, who also did the Legion of Superheroes with Bendis. Yeah. No, there were some panels where I was like, shit, is this the same guy? Yeah. Look really good, and then yeah, there was just other times where uh, I was just like, "Oh, so maybe they, he was, maybe he was rushing at this part." D- does the court industries board? I, I wasn't aware he didn't control his own company. Um, is well, the, no, that's that's something for this new right for the current version, generation. right? Um, no, my and my god, also, the way he's just like, "Yeah, okay, cool, makes sense." No, yeah, yep, no worries. And the way they treat him. Yeah, kicking him out of his own company i was just like oh my god you want you want this guy to be like yeah you you want me to uh, you want me to like this character well don't make him such a wuss man like yeah i know at, I le- know. at least have him fight for his fucking job well having, his company having read the blue beetle in um well two things chuck dixon in birds of prey had ted cord had a had like a romance with oracle and also, mm. uh, James DeMatteis and Keith Giffen in Just League International. I prefer those depictions to this. You know, um, yeah, it's just a personal well, again, taste. I mean, you know, yeah, I think look, Jurgens is 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 good at writing um, Booster Gold. 
Yeah. Because he created him. But I do think maybe he struggles a little bit with uh, with with Ted. Yeah. Yeah, I'd buy that. Uh, but uh, it's still – it's odd because it's like I don't hate this. Yeah. Like it's it's still enjoyable. It's just that I don't love it as much as I was hoping that – I would when they first announced it. Sometimes they give you exactly what you want and it's still kind of not good enough because sometimes it's not fresh enough. Like, sometimes it's a little too contrived. Uh, Look, I think it's perfectly decent. I gave it 7.5 out of 10, but... Yeah, I just don't understand why... um, I don't understand why they have to make Ted broke. I mean, maybe it'll reveal itself... But isn't he always half broke? Like, in Just League as well, he was broke. As well, like it's that company seems to go up and down a lot. No, but that's kind of the point I'm making is that you, you're treading old water, right? Like I, I feel like here's the thing, like okay, the two of them when they were in the uh, Justice League International, right? Yes. One of the reasons why Ted obviously joined and all that is because yes, his business wasn't doing well, his company and all that sort of stuff. But what you could do with this new I- iteration is that maybe you can have him be successful. And it's Booster that's always like, you know, coming up with the crazy ideas of, yes, you know, the finances with being the heroes and always dragging Ted. And then you could also have Ted look trying to balance company and superheroing and all that sort of stuff. But as I said, like it's only second issue. Maybe they've got a plan for him. You know, maybe there's a reason that he needs to be out of the company. Maybe there's a story that we're not exploring uh, uh, privy to yet so i'm, I'm not going to judge it too harshly because maybe there's a good idea behind it hmm. i'll just say that i just i was baffled as to why he had to why you, you're making them both broke again yeah it's an interesting point uh, then we had geiger six um which came out last week and i got a chance to read today gotta say uh, gee i've enjoyed these six issues rich like um and I, I i thought for a second that was wrapping up and i was like really is this gonna be the end of geiger i feel like i barely got to know him but well, this is the end one. of uh, chapter one, yes, or, or, or book one, whatever you want to call it. And obviously, they do. You do see that green glow off, off in the if in the night at the end. Yes, uh, when the guys telling the story of like when the guys say that's it, Geiger's dead or whatever. So maybe the young kid will somehow become Geiger. Who knows? Yeah, man, I I got to be honest, I really. Damn, enjoyed it. I, I thought this was such a... I, I mean, I'm giving the entire six issues nine nine as a story. Um, I was very much... Uh, like, I, I, I just want more. And when they tell me they're going to do a Geiger 80-page giant, I, I was really responding to this um, to, to this storyline. Um, am I going too far, Rich, or am I going just not far No, I, I, you know what? It's, it's Again, it's fantastic art by Gary Frank. Yeah. Um, it's interesting... Um, world characters yeah. ideas um you've got a one guy who's a fucking pirate basically and then the you know um it's it, it's an interesting world as i said it's, it's it kind of reminds me a little bit of the zaniness of, or the craziness of fallout yes you know uh, which is a, a plus you know i'm putting Big that plus. in a in a plus column Big plus. um no yeah i i enjoy it i mean it's really good uh, and if anyone thinks that uh you know, John's is stuck in the past and is stagnant and oh, yeah, exactly. has no heart or soul, then maybe read Geiger <laughs> no. and, and see if that changes your no. opinion. No heart or soul. <laughs> yeah, just like a, 
Because oh. <laughs> I, I don't know. I felt plenty of art in this. When yes, the, so did I. I, I, again, I don't want to spoil anything, but when one of the when the two kids get some bad news and stuff and all that, I mean, oh, I felt something for them. You know, I was yeah, like, sure. oh, no, I thought shitty. it was I thought it was good stuff, man. Like, um, I gave it nine out of ten. What do you for the whole series, the six? What are you giving it, Rich? Yeah, whole series. I um, I'll give it a eight point five. All right, and we will continue because I was very intrigued by the robot character. Uh, I forget what his name was, um, Rich. Who's oh, the, it's, yeah? He's uh, I think he's a play on the um, the the robot Joe from uh, DC Comics, which is cool. Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to. He's going to be in the next chapter, his storyline, which starts out in the '70s, and then he became a comic book character and all that. Well, that's the thing is they they're building their own world, which is cool. Like totally. I, I, I'm enjoying this that he's. You know, he's not just rushing. Like we've we've heard the story about the Geiger, the the, the actual character, okay. and and now we're going to get different characters' points of views. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I, I totally. Because it also means that it doesn't um, it doesn't uh, it leaves you a bit wanting more. For sure. Instead yeah. of maybe like oversaturating you on one character because you might like, oh, I want to explore. Because again, he's not a he's not a massive company. No. It's not like he can release like. 10 books, you know, building this world with different characters. So, yeah, I think it's all, well, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I, I will definitely keep reading. And um, people, a lot of people are coming on for the Addy Page Giant. Like, Tabasi was one name, uh, Jay Fabro was another, a lot of artists are coming on board. So we'll cover the Addy Page Giant, and I think we'll keep our eye on Mad Ghost. I think, like, there's no reason for us not to, Rich. I think it's some of the. I think Tomasi is doing a book under that. Um, he is definitely doing one. He's doing that one with the. I think what it is like sling. It's, and the, shot it's or the snipe and bullet or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, which I, I, it looks interesting again. Again, Tomasi. So I'm willing to, yeah. willing to give him a go. I've read more good Tomasi than bad easily. Yeah, it is correct. Yeah, I've, he's. I think he's a pretty solid performer, frankly. Um, yeah. So that was that was good stuff. Now we have our bat might section reach in terms of comic books now. I really, I really enjoyed it. So the first one was Legends of the Dark Might. Uh, Alan Grant, who I would love to get on the show, and I really should reach out to him, um, you know, because a guy who wrote all this Judge Red, all this Batman, he worked, you know, was huge during Nightfall into No Man's Land, the same kind of era that Chuck Dixon was on the Batman titles, and Chuck told some funny stories about him, like very affectionate stories, and um, it'd be a pleasure to have Alan Grant on. And... Great to see him in the middle of his Batman phase doing Legends of the Dark Might and this and Kevin O'Neill, a famous 2000 AD artist, actually, a really, really distinctive 2000 AD artist, uh, getting a, and he also did Martial Law with Pat Mills, getting a chance to spin his wheels on the Batman. Um, what did you think of this one, Rich? Uh, it's very interesting because it's almost like um, it doesn't treat him like he's real. Like, what I like about the story is that it works on two levels. It works as, like, okay, Batmite did it. Yeah. But it also works on, like, if you would, say, building a world where Batmite didn't exist and this guy just hallucinated the whole thing because he's such a druggie. Yes, for sure. Yeah, it leaves... But even Batman says, how did such and such escape at the end? Like, it makes no sense. Yeah, but clearly this this uh, this Batman has never met Batmite. Yes. Yeah, that's so, true. So that's what I'm saying. It's a very interesting story because it's, like... Because there's no history of the character, it's like, is this really introducing Batmite, or is this just some crazy drug criminal, drugged up criminal who killed his partners? Yes. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. A very good, and it's got that weird, um, what I like to call um, 2000 AD art. 
well, yeah, Kevin o- Kevin O'Neill is a very distinctive artist, and um, it was good mm. to see him actually doing this. And can I say, while I because I I own digitally the entire Legends of the Dark Knight run, and while I was finding this issue. I also saw the classic Venom storyline by Denny O'Neill and James DeMatteis' Going Sane, which is a three-parter, and I thought we could probably do some of those on the show, you know, in, in future months, Rich. Um, sure. Yeah, I, th- that'll be some of the stuff that I'll, I'll pick. I mean, that Legend of the Dark Knight series had so many good storylines where you had creators doing their, their sort of, like, enclosed Batman tales. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Morrison did a really good one. Denny O'Neill's one is excellent, and... James DiMatteis said that Going Sane, in our interview with him, Rich, that it was one of his favourite ever projects he ever worked on, um, mm. which is a big call, you know, from, from a guy who's written literally hundreds of comics to pluck, to pluck that out. So I think that would be well worth doing. Then we had Detective Comics 482. I love this. Would you call, you'd call this Bronze Age, wouldn't you, Rich? It's like early 80s, before the crisis. Like, um, uh... I assume... I think Bronze Age goes from yeah, 70 I, to yeah. I would say that yeah, that that the Detective Comics one. I would say it's like late Bronze Age. I'd say you know. Yeah, I'd say there's a yeah yeah because it's it, it's Archie not Archie Goodwin. It's um Al Mi- Milgram uh, and he's right. He's it's, he's, it's probably uh, in that crossover phase. Yeah, yeah, but but I really enjoyed it, man. Like basically, that's what I'm boiling this down to. I, I'm just bringing it up. Like it's only a short story. And I said you didn't have to read all the rest of it, but the way the guy's there at his typewriter, and then Batmite appears. Um, Michael Golden, who's a, who was a very famous artist who did the Nam as well in the eighties and nineties, um, mm. and and Batmite appears and he and he's like typing out stuff, and then he demands the whole creative team gets assembled. I mean, I dug it, man. I mean, this is the seventies. Uh, it was pretty loose. Would you agree, Rich? They were pr- playing pretty loose with the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um. I look enjoyable. I'm giving it eight out of ten just on pure enjoyment. And if it was the seventies, you'd probably have some Led Zeppelin on. You'd probably be smoking a doobie and reading this, wouldn't you, Rich? <laughs> it sounds about yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you would be really like. Let's face it. You'd be down there in the basement, just chilling out like big time. Um. Then we had world's finest. We went back in time to the Silver Age, Rich. World's mm. Finest, 113. I actually thought originally, because you know I'm on this World's Finest kick with Brave and the Bold, but um, I thought that uh, it was going to be the first ever appearance of Batmite, but it's not. It's just the first appearance of Mr. McPizzlick and Batmite together. Because obviously Mr. McPizzlick predates Batmite, yeah? Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. So, But it's the first time the two of them come together. And you you know it's 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 fun times uh, for 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 everyone. But um, yeah, I just I just dug it because like you know he says um, he sends him away. and He goes, wasn't that clever of me? Just as he is a pest to Superman, I decided to be a pest to him. His magic pranks were getting dangerous, so I decided to get rid of him. Bet you're proud of the Batman, pr- proud of me, Batman. And he's like, well, uh, of course. I was a little uh, reckless sending you to fight that creature with tentacles. Maybe I'd better go, but I'll be back again helping you do your best feats. And you got Batman. Phew, what a day. I hope he doesn't return too soon. And I and, and I sure hope Mr. McPizzling doesn't return at the same time. Brr, what a pair they make, says Superman. <laughs> like, I like the way Batman's like, he's like got his hand to his brow. Like, he's just like, seriously. But like, it's so nutty, man. Like, these comics back then, they, they were just so much fun, you know? Like, I agree. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I don't know. I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving the 
the Alan Grant one, 8 out of 10. I'm giving the one where you had to be a little stoned, a 7.5, and I'm giving the Origin a 7.5 as well. I think they're all very solid. Um, and, you know, you know what I find really fascinating with Comics Rich at the big two? Some of these things that they created back then we're still so beholden to, and you just think, man, there's been some durability of concept, you know? Mm. Like, th- that amazes me in a way, because when they did World's Finest 113, they weren't thinking in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, this will all be collected. You know, they were just shooting at the fucking wall, man, trying to hit as many kids as possible with it, you know? Well, that's the... I guess that's the the problem as well with um with, with modern as well, is that... Yes, when when they were doing comics back in the days, they were making them as throwaway entertainment. Yeah, you know, kids were going to swap them or, you know, swap them for a different one. You know, Would your you say even in the eighties, that was still the scene for me, anyway. You know, um, well, yeah, I mean, just, again, me also depending on where you lived. I mean, in South Africa, I we didn't have like you know, I didn't grow up with a comic book shop. I got right. a lot of my comics from the the, the, the supermarkets or the. Uh, convenience stores they would have yeah. racks well here it was and, news agents you know, and yes Australia. later we got them at the news agents although yeah. for a long time the news agency just had the um they had the 2000 ad and they had the um commando yeah and and and, and bino and all those sort of books and wow. then later they got the comics but um yeah but again but i mean if we go even further back you know, like 70s 60s you know yeah. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't written to be collected. It, it wasn't written to be, you know, resold. It was literally just have fun, write good stories, and yeah, it, you you assumed it just wouldn't be around. But like no one like, would care dude, ten years. Uh, you know what? I think, you know, weirdly, I think that that is a good way to look at it. Like even when I was buying Judge Red back in the day when I first started, you know, I was reading them and. You know, I, they did linger in my brain, but, like, you had a feeling they were just pumping them out big time, week after week after week after week. Mm. And, you know, I, I that's how I think it's amazing that some of these concepts last so long. Like, it's a credit to... We give DC and Marvel a lot of shit on this show for some of their poor behaviour um, to creators, you know, basically. And also for their some, you know, shoddy handling of the franchises in the last few years. But... At the same time, they've shepherded through some very, very good work over the years. Like some very good people have done some of their best work at these places, which I think oh, yeah. is, is fantastic. Is work. it's ex is excellent. Like we're lucky to have it's what I'm trying to say. And you know, I mean, Godspeed the day that they um they need to get on their horse with the world's finest and keep putting out the omnibuses. I've got the first two, but it's the sixties. I'm fucking eager to get in the seventies, man. You know, and Brave and the Bold, I've I've got omnibus three and two on the way. Well, so, the thing is, but also don't forget, like um, back then, it, it was it was about just it was about making money. Sure, it was or wasn't. It no, was. it was. Yeah, it was. You know, was like, they wanted yeah, to make money, but to make money, you had to write yeah. good stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to hire talent. Whereas today, that's not the. Uh, they want to make money, but they're more concerned with about how they look, sure. or like uh, you know. Uh, uh, are they seen as doing the right thing or, you know, um, mind you though, Mort Weissinger checking, checking, was a, was a, was a total boxes. It's just, it's, it's, that's not how you run a business. You, how you run a business is you give people what they want. Yeah. Well, but don't forget Mort Weissinger was a all time prick, you know, to work for an absolute monster. 
great at getting the stories out on time, but was apparently a neurotic mess, you know, and a dictator. So, I mean, he was he was a he was a hard man to work under. Mate, you know? I, can I just say something? Like, you hear all these scary stories and all that sort of shit, but where do the best stories come out of? Well, I mean, there's a, there's the funny storyline that at Mort Washinger's funeral, um, someone said, and and he lies, Mort Washinger, and Julie Schwartz, who was his friend, said, and lies and lies and lies, you know. Yeah, he, he but you know what? Friend. Sometimes you also get the best. If you know that expression, you know why a drill sergeant is such an asshole. Yeah, I don't know. To make them ready for war, basically. No, that is well, yes, but what it does is, if all of the men hate the drill sergeant. Yeah. It's something that they bond over. That's true. That is true. Right? If you have a common a common enemy, yeah, then you you band together and you look out for each other and you cover for each other because that's the enemy. It's very true. Rich. And sometimes that's the benefit of having a not a bad boss, but like a boss who's who's hard or who rubs people the wrong way or is a bit of a dictator because it unifies the people that are working for him and they kind of do better together. Yeah. And whereas if your if your boss is trying to be your buddy, your friend, hey, come to me with all your problems, blah, blah, blah. Who, who's unifying who then? It's a good point, Rich. I don't know, man. I mean, it's not the way I'd like to run a company. I know when I when I you know a couple of people report to me, and I don't like to treat them like I'm a tyrant. But um, again, well, it depends on what you you're doing, though. Sure. I think if you're working in an industry where uh, it's more time based, or you know things need to get done. Yeah. Other, you know, like now, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and especially when you're dealing with writers and artists who are like, I've got writer's block or I'm running behind on my pages. Well, yeah. you know, I don't think you can be the... Well, it's harder to I, be I the look at Julie Schwartz. Than... I look at Julie Schwartz and what he did uh, on the Superman title and other titles. And, I mean, again, just like Mott Weisinger, he had to get the, tra- the trains running on time for a long time. You know, a long, mm. long time. I mean... I don't know what how many years those guys were working for DC, but it was decades upon decades, you know? But again, it also depends on, on again, also the people. Sure. Like, uh, you know, it, you could maybe be the cool boss or the, the good boss if most of, you, of the people that are working for you don't run behind. Sure. Or, or, or drop the ball. Then you can because everything's running smoothly. I want to bring you a could, point up to you. Dick Dillon on Justice League. I think he's, he does a very adequate good job doing a lot of stuff. Adam the computer is very against his style. And Dick Dillon in at the time was famous for being able to punch out 30 to 40 pages a month for Just League with all those characters, but he did get a bit of feedback saying the, the characters were too static. Where do you stand as an artist on that? Uh, well, I mean, as an artist, I would prefer better art. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but again, it's... It depends on what the workload is like. Sure. You know, because at, at the same time, you also need the book out. That's and it, man. You know what? To be fair, especially, okay, so you have to remember when they were doing that, the, the Justice League, right? Yeah. Um, that, that's a team book. So you're not just doing Batman or Superman or Green Arrow. You're literally drawing everyone. Yeah. And so maybe at that time, you just you go. You know what? I got I got so much to draw. There's so many fucking characters I got to draw. I, I just kind of need to rush it. I, you know, I can't worry about it looking. Well, I mean, I, I like it. I, I I don't mind Dick Dillon's artwork, but I mean, it does have a slightly static quality to it. That's the only thing. Yeah, but as I said, that's just probably because um, you'll find that he's more like that on the team book. Yeah, yeah. And you'll find that he's you know, 
it, it, it just depends on what you're drawing and, and uh, it's why some artists run late, eh? Yeah. Like, well, a lot you know, there's some artists who take a long time or need a lot of leeway because, you know, they, yeah, they don't skimp or they want, they're going to spend all their time doing it properly. So, uh, yeah, look, it's 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 not an easy answer. I mean, no. would I prefer to see better art? Yes, but is the book coming out on time? Uh, is it not getting, you know, because remember there was a big problem uh, in the 2000s as well from like, your, you know, 2020 to 2015 mm -hmm. and still happens today. A lot of, I mean, uh, uh, Ultimates, one of their biggest problems was the lateness. Sure, Brian Hitch couldn't get it out on time. Well, again, because he's got such detailed style. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I know. Yeah, he puts a lot. Of, again, I do feel the, sorry for them at that point, though, because that's when it must be hard to be coming out on a monthly basis rather than. Just well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it. you're doing the ultimate. You're drawing everyone, yeah. and you're doing the big grandiose stuff. And your art style, you take it seriously. You care about it. Yeah, I know. And yeah, yeah it's 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 really hard. So I mean, you got to think about it that way. It's like, do you want the book or do you want the art to be better? Yeah, uh, what do you think of the Marvel style where they swap and change out artists? So you'll be reading at times one in one trade, and then it switches to another art style. That's quite common. Uh, I I just like it. Like for the record, I do dislike it, but I mean, I think I think the problem is is that people don't um, they don't learn to do it a, a, a better way of doing it, right? Yeah. So if you if you're a writer. Yes. And and you know that you've got, a, say, a lot of flashback scenes coming up, right? Yeah. Um, uh, or, or recap stuff. And you know that your artist is a little bit slow. Then take the stuff that you can where it's like a flashback or, or, or something else and give that to a different artist. Because then it doesn't matter if the artist is a little bit different with a flashback. Sure. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. Because then it, it's a flashback. I actually like it when they do that, you know? So yeah. Like yeah that's a, so just be smart about it as well that's the that's another problem is i don't think they utilize their their, their time correctly Time to every purpose under 
Saga of the Super Sons. Um, this was primarily uh, Bob Haney and Dick Dillon. Um, how to describe it, Rich? Basically, it's, <laughs> I'll give the pitch. So it's such an interesting pitch. Like, it's the 70s. It's like 1973. All the stories, including this volume, were from 73 to 76, um, except for, for the... Very concluding chapter, which was done by uh, Denny O'Neill in 1980, and then there's a very short, like, kind of epilogue in 1999. So the vast right, so, this, so this is how the pitch went. Mm. Hey, I have an idea. What if we gave Batman and Superman sons yes. and made them exactly like them, except they spoke like hippies? Exactly, Brilliant. Yeah. Do it. Or um, <laughs> not even just hippies, but sort of like... Um, it's beatnik, beatnik, yeah, beatnik. Free love, your yeah, man. Yeah. Like, get groovy, man. Uh, man, you're old, pops. You don't get it. Yeah. You know, but I mean, no that's more. it. And Superman's son, uh, and funnily enough, they're called Clark Jr. and Bruce Jr. Oh, it's, no, it's terrible. Um, And they... But I didn't find the actual book terrible. I found the book a lot of fun. Um, it sometimes it's a bit hard to follow. Yes. Especially when... Because they don't give them different outfits. Yes, true. Or names or looks. Well, they put the bandana uh, or sort of like a Yeah, but that's only when he's not in his civilian. I'm talking about when there's two Superman and two Batman on scene. It's impossible. Both in the the exact same costumes. You just kind of go, what the fuck is going on? Could you not make one just a slightly different color so that I knew what was going on? Now, my research tells me that Zany Bob Haney, who really did his own thing all the time, uh, I love his Brave and the Bold. I've been reading a lot of his Brave and the Bold. He didn't care about continuity. He was a continuity be damned kind of guy. He did his own thing, his own shtick. Um, he often wrote characters out of character in Brave and the Bold, apparently. Um, well, these characters were technically, definitely out of um, continuity. No, but continuity. Do, do you know what Bob? Not continuity, Hane... but uh, character as well. Bob like Hane... Batman and Superman did not come across as good parents sometimes. No, Batman. Um, Bob Haney was very insistent that these books were in continuity. I don't know how he thinks that that would be possible. Considering these these sons aren't young, they're like mid twenties, you know, they're mm. like early to mid twenties. Uh, Superman and Batman haven't aged a day, it seems. <laughs> I mean, like it's it, that's the hilarious part to me. Um, you know, yeah, it's 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 hilarious to me basically. So I I dug this. Um, it's cheesy, but I enjoy the artwork, like the opening panel. Where it's got um, 
Clark and Clark, my son, Bruce, my son, dead. Um, and then you've got the wives, and the wives are always covered up and stuff or turned away, so you never know exactly who the wife of Batman or Superman is. Mm. Uh, it's always left slightly open. Like, it could be Lois and it could be Selena, but it's not 100% confirmed either way. Um, did you get the feeling that Bob Haney was trying to tap into a youth culture that had actually progressed from where he was tapping into? Because these guys talk like they're in the mid-60s, but it's actually the mid-70s, you know? Like yeah, it, that's why I said it's it's, it's it was very inter- it's very odd. Yes, because um, it, it, yeah, it's almost like it's it's even from the time it was written, it was like a time capsule. Yes, um, exactly. Because yeah, it's it's a very it's like a mix of like sixties and seventies. Yeah, yeah, and I mean they're well into the seventies too. Because the old cliche is that of course the sixties did bleed into the seventies, but. It's just a very, I don't know, your beatnik sums it up. They do seem like beatnikers. Like, they, they don't seem that far removed from Kerriak on the road, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like the, yeah, they're very much like, yo, daddy-o. Yeah, yes, exactly. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're busting my vibes and shit like, you know, you're buzzing my vibes and some shit like that. So, <laughs> yeah. it's just very funny. It is funny. I mean, like, my favourite one was when they went to the, the encounter camp. That was my favourite story in the in, in the package. I just, I just like the idea of that and I'm doing... Trust exercises, um, like this scene here where this guy's slapping someone. He's like, heavy stuff, man. What about that guy, Doc? And um, they come into bunk beds, and Bruce is like, Bruce Wayne's like, bunk beds, pretty unfancy accommodations. And he's like, Playboy style's out here, Dad, so we can all live close to each other. And um, it, there's, a, there's a whole lot of um, lingo going down. It almost, how about when they have to dance? <laughs> And they go, now I want both fathers to dance with their sons. And this guy's like, did it dance? Men dancing together? Of course, many European males, among them Greek mountain troops, some of the world's most masculine men, dancing t- together, enjoying comradeship. Dance! And then you see... Dance, motherfucker! Yeah, dance, dance, monkey, dance! And then you see, um, like, the two sons, who honestly look almost as old as the fathers. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. You cannot, you literally cannot tell them apart half the time. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, that's why, I mean, thankfully, when Bruce has the bandana, Bruce Jr. has the bandana on, at least I know that's Bruce Jr. Yeah, I know. And then, like, it's funny when later on, when people are like, you're not Superman, and you're like, how can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but, dude, honestly, reading it, uh, as always with these kind of comics, and I've been reading a lot of Batman, Brave and the Bold, um, which I think is it helps that generally he's writing one-and-done stories, whereas mm-hmm. this was stretched out and stretched out and stretched out, and it was very much the same flavour again and again. But I did genuinely find it very entertaining and kind of fun. You know, like, that, that would be my key word to describe it. It's fun. It's silly, but it's fun. What would you say? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It's definitely, it's trippy, uh, and it's certainly fucking bizarre. Mm. But at the same time, it's also charming and fun, yeah, and and uh, and enjoyable because it's it's not it's not serious. No, not at all. It's you know, it's not written to be like Shakespeare or you know, um, a great tragedy or something like that. It's yeah. kind of just like it's like your. Um, uh, it's like your TV shows. Yes. It's like your episodic TV shows where it's just some weird, bizarre adventure that doesn't quite make sense. 
sense sometimes. And but you know what? You were entertained. And yeah. Maybe you scratched your head, but you were still entertained. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there was a part of you thinking, "Is this exactly what we should be doing with our lives? Like in, enjoying it?" But like I said, I just put myself in the mind of someone in 1975. I would have definitely been picking up World's Finest and Brave and the Bold. You know, I would have been a, a hardcore Batman and Superman reader for sure. Um, I think in the 70s, I think DC were putting out some pretty interesting kind of fun books. I probably am far more into the 70s DC than I am into the 70s Marvel, you know? Uh, I th- Yeah, I think so. I, um, uh, it's so weird to me because I know people say that Marvel was doing was, – was, was considered more popular yes. than, than – but I think it was only – Honestly, I think the popularity may have only just been a couple of characters that that got them over that well, like line. Well, S- Spider Man, I think, was huge. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Of course, you know, your your Spider Mans and um, uh, even like maybe your X Men. Yeah, well, by the late seventies. I'm sorry, yeah. but I just I don't think Iron Man and and and, and Captain America were were like sunning off the shelves. Um, no, I don't think so. I, look, yeah, I mean, so uh, I, I just think they had a couple of good uh, guys, and those guys sold really, really well. Yeah, yeah. I think. Well, I think you're right, but. The, the core of the... Like, I sometimes think to myself, what would I have bought in the 70s? I, I would have definitely... If I was a little kid, I would have definitely bought World's Finest. Just just to say Batman and Superman together in the same title, that's still a plus to me, you know? Mm. Um, and the way Brave and the Bold was Batman and a rotating cast. I'm like, yes. So, yeah, no, it's it's very interesting. Now, I do want to bring up the, um, the Danny O'Neill being brought in to do an ending. And he is like, <laughs> it's like, Jesus, Denny, like, were you off your meds that day? Like, it's like they're, it's a virtual reality. Um, they manage to escape the virtual reality. They, they become aware they're just a program. They escape the reality. And then when they get out, Bruce Jr. and Clark Jr., disaster follows them because they're just like agents of chaos, basically, or they attract it. And then eventually they have to submit and go back into the disintegration machine. And yeah, and they, and they kind of do it most joyfully, sort of. <laughs> Which is kind of weird. Yeah, it, the, the the whole the whole scene is weird, and then it's like um, they say goodbye. Um, he, you see, um, Bruce Junior. I guess the senior citizens have a point, Soupy. I guess we are menaces. And, and Super Clark Junior says, "Oh, I didn't really want to exist anyway." Yeah, I know. That's what I said. They're almost like, oh, shucks. All right. Yep. Join me in a little disintegration. And then Superman's like, we had to do it. We had no way of protecting them or others from them. And Batman was like, shut up. Yeah. I think they were altering the nature of reality itself. And then Batman's like, Superman, save the explanations. Okay. And I was like, man, that's a heavy beat to end on. Um, And actually, the next scene, the next page is funny. It says, bummer, right? (laughs) And I was like, fuck yeah, like, Jesus. Well, I think Denny was just like, you know what, this shit doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Denny's so like... I don't, I don't really have to make too much sense when I when I sort of wave it away. No, yeah, they are wacky in themselves. And, um, man, I was saying to Adam the computer, I would have loved to have gotten Bob Haney on the show, but sadly he passed away. I checked mm. to about 2005, he, or 6, or he cashed out, caught the last train. And, um, you know, God bless you, Bob Haney. God bless you, Dick Dillon. You know, for the work you did, for the legacy you left, for the crazy adventures that you wrote and you drew, I salute you. Signal salutes you. Yes. We, bla- we blaze it in the sky, man, for Bob Haney and Dick Dillon on this one. 
Danny O'Neill came in batting clean up, and as always, it was like, thanks, Danny. That was good stuff, actually. We we, we might have needed that jolt of hard coffee at the end there from Danny. You know, um, I miss Danny, man. I miss Danny, you know, really. I, yeah. think, I think he was a was a great man, a great, a great leader, a great editor, a great writer, and we're the poorer for losing him. But he did leave behind a lot of good work, and it was great to see him have a little passage here. I mean, look, I might surprise you, Rich, with my score. Are you ready? Yes. 8.5. I had a lot of... I had a good time with this comic. A real good time. And it... it, it um, It's crazy. It's it's nutty as all get out. But for me, that was part of the appeal. Um, do you kind of hear where I'm coming from, man? Are you catching yeah. my vibe? I'm catching your vibe, buddy. <laughs> hey, Daddy-O, I feel you. Hey, Daddy-O. Wow, they were rolling around. It really you're was more like 1955. This time you're a real circle. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know how it goes. So what are you giving it, Rich? Uh, yeah, I think um, <laughs> it's a tough score, but I I'm, I was going to go 7.5, but I think an 8 would be yeah, you better. Just because you know what? I mean, there's just so... It's... it's it's perfectly – it reminded me a little bit of Scooby-Doo. Sure. Yeah, I can say that. It's just the way that it's kind of like written, it almost doesn't take itself too seriously. It's so outlandish, the yeah. situations yeah. that they get themselves into. Like one of the stories was them stumbling across a, a, a Wild West town that's frozen yeah. in some weird bubble. There's an <laughs> ugly alien that's turning other women ugly. Oh, yeah, the one – yeah, that's true. That you was know? a good story, actually. The one where the, <laughs> the, the women are all against men you can't touch. Man. Yeah, you can't touch the women. That was that was actually um, funny, you know. It's yeah, there was just, it's yeah, it, now that I'm thinking about it, it it, it if you enjoy Scooby Doo, you will love I think you'll enjoy this. Oh, I totally agree. I if mean, you love Scooby Doo yeah. sort of like just weirdness and outlandish situations and stuff, I think you would you would get a kick out of this because that's what now that I'm thinking about it, that's kind of what it reminded me of. And when you think about it, when Scooby Doo does his crazy hijinks, whether that's in comic book form or, or cartoon form, we accept it. So why can't you know Superman Junior and Batman Junior do some crazy shit? You know, I don't know, man. Why not? Exactly. I, I did like how he was like Superman Junior had half the powers of Superman, and like when the bullets are touching him, um, uh, Bruce is like, "Oh well, at least the bullets can't hurt you." He goes, "I wouldn't go that far, Pally. They're more like a bee sting." And he's just absorbing them onto his chest. <laughs> it's like because he's because you're constantly reminded he's only got half the power, exactly half the power of Superman, because because yeah. of the human mother. Um, uh, they do. They even fight amongst themselves, which is a bit funny sometimes. Oh yeah, at one at one point they almost come to like a bare knuckle brawl, like at the start, and then they're like, "Hey, slow yeah, down, as daddy!" Soon, as soon as it starts, they're like, "Oh, come here, you." <laughs> yeah. We can, you know, we've been on the road for too long. <laughs> it's like it is. Like, it's it's like it's, two panels that they've made up already. They didn't even like walk off in a half way. Well, they are the best of friends. Like, let's be honest. Like, that's the other thing this book's got going for it. Like. Superman and Batman were always really good friends back in the day. You know, it wasn't until Frank Miller that they, you know, everyone got all grumpy with each other. But but these guys take friendship to a whole new level. They are literally the best of friends, I would say. You know, and you, even you, more so than their than their fathers. Yeah. Yes, more so. Even more so. Yeah, they because they're not reserved at all. They're 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 quite sort of like yeah, man. Yeah, let's stick <laughs> it to the oldsters. 
I, I will be honest. There was one story that didn't make sense to me, right? Just one. It's when the it's when the two sons lock the, they take the they put their fathers on trial. Oh, that's gold. That one, yeah. For being grandstanders, and they found guilty, and they lock them up in like basically it's like a POW camp. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But what I, I don't understand is why. So they suspect that the Green Arrow, the Flash, is helping them is their dads. Mm. And that their dads are using Android stuff. And then <laughs> at the end, he like pulls Green Arrow's beard and he's like, oh, it's real. And he's like, of course it's real. And then Superman and Batman go, yeah, it really was us pretending to be them, except for at the end when it was really Green Arrow. And yeah. I was like, well, then why couldn't it have been really Green Arrow and Flash from the start? I don't know, because it was just crazy. I don't know why you had to pretend to be them. I don't. I, I just didn't. Yeah. And also, that means that, you know, um, you don't need Flash and Green Arrow. Well,. Because Batman's I, just as good as, as Green Arrow with a bow, so fuck him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like don't think too hard about that because at times it did feel like, you know, how they say back in Marvel that, uh, sorry, Jack Kirby would do the drawings and then Stan would just kind of write over the top. Yeah, sort of yeah. Thing. yeah. It did feel at times like that might have been happening. You know, like there's a bit of like dialogue balloons. Oh, look, don't get me wrong. None of the stories make much sense. But this was the one that made the least amount of sense. Yeah. No, it did. And and the way it was just like, it was so sad how they were just behind the barbed wire. And Superman's like, you know, I could break out of this. And they're like, yeah, we know, but we know you'll serve your time. And I was like, well, they come Also, I didn't understand why they were putting them on trial in the Because they were grandstanding. They were grandstanding. And I didn't get the, 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 um, the moral that they learned at the end, I didn't. I didn't get what they learned. Uh, almost nothing. It was. Just yeah, that's like, why I said this. Yeah. This all of them are a little bit weird, but I could follow them. I could get the logic. Yeah. This was the only one where I was just like, from start to finish, I was like, I don't, I don't get the logic. I actually, don't, I think this is the one where. I don't even think there was even logic applied. It like even pre- a, even a modicum of it was applied. It was pretty funny when they say, but we we made these promises. As Batman and Superman, not as Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <a cop-out. laughs> and I was like, Jesus, That's like we're really splitting hairs now, Superman. When you're coming up with those kind of explanations, um, I said it's it's yeah. so funny because in those days, um, Batman and Superman weren't as that that sort of upstanding. Um, uh, the, their morals weren't as. Um, clear weren't they i thought they would have been more clear back in those days no that's my point they're really not because if superman gives you his word sure today that superman wanted to go well actually i gave you my word as as superman not clark kent oh yeah but so technically i wasn't lying and it's like yeah no you were true (laughs) but i i think that's almost a product of the times though when no i know but that's what i'm just saying it's it's funny how um Th- that's how it is like yeah. they almost in a way not devious but a little uh a little more bendy with the the truth or their um yeah their code well i think part of it rich is that like back then they you know like they they obviously we've had this conversation online i think um bob haney kind of had a bit of a they were like the books obviously sold well and they were just like, let's just let him do what he wants. You know, like it doesn't <laughs> yeah, again, really possibly, matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I would like to get someone with a bit more knowledge on the topic. Um, I've, I've listened to quite a few interviews on Word Balloon. Marty Pasco, before he died, you know, spoke. And, and Paul Kuhlberg, I'd like to get on the, on the show. Um, you know, guys who had knowledge of the time kind of get their feel for it. But I, I do get the feeling like they almost treated it like a, um, and I think I've heard this, 
they almost treated what Bob Haney was doing as its own separate Earth kind of thing. Mm. And they were kind of happy to because the books obviously sold like crazy. Um, they, they finally took the title away from him because they felt he just wasn't connecting with the younger readers, which reading this, I kind of, I think he would try to, but I think he, he was um, possibly not reading the mood as much as he thought. I, I could definitely see the young readers not... Uh... Yeah. Not, not identifying with Yeah, and I could also see the writer in Bob Haney thinking he was. You know, he's like, I'm hip with these young kids. He goes, I get it. I know what they mean. Yeah, but what's funny is his heart's in the right place. He's like, you've got to stick it to the man and all this stuff. Like, he's really kind of trying to go after the, the young people, you know. Like, it's just quite ham-fisted. But mm. for me, a hell of a lot of fun. Um, it, that's one thing that during this whole read, I, I just kept thinking to myself, God, this is a fun comic. You know, this not afraid to have a laugh with itself and just it takes some wild stabs. And I think these obviously didn't all come out in the same order. These all happened between 1973 and 76, other than Denny's story. And so there would be breaks between the action, which I think would help because reading them all at once, it was a lot to take in, you know? Mm. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And as I said, like um, again, I don't. I'm not judging it by today's standards or anything like that. No. I, I do always take it for what it is. But as I said, I just find it. Um, I find it sometimes hard to to put my to identify with what because again, I didn't live then. Yes. So when I read something like this, and the you know, and he's got the characters going, "Hey, daddy, yo," and yeah, and stuff, and I was just like, "What was going through your head when?" You know, <laughs> you thought you would um, you do that uh, where, where you, you like, is that how you believe they talked or did or did you actually talk like that? Was that maybe oh, yeah, no, you wrote it because you talked like that? That's what I said. Like, I would love to know. <laughs> well, I mean, it was in pop culture back in the 50s. It's kind of a 50s lingo, the 50s beatnik lingo, sort of pre-Beatles, yeah. uh, Sinatra that kind of style, like Daddy-O and all that kind of stuff. It's that kind of late 50s um, post-war kind of slang amongst the youth. Um, you know, you'd see it in movies like The Wild One and stuff like mm. that. And um, and Bob Haney was probably a much younger man in the 50s than he was in the mid-70s, and he's just dialing into what he thinks the kids are talking about. And he gets some of it wrong. Like, I thought The Encounter Camp was actually... I could see a very good TV double episode about an encounter camp kind of thing featuring Superman and Batman, um, like an episode of TV or maybe Superboy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I could see that kind of thing. There was there was a lot of fertile ground there that could be mined, you know, and, and, and frankly, if I was writing a Superman-Batman title, I would mine some of it for a story because I think it'd be very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. there's, yeah, there was, I think, a lot of creative potential in the book, I mean, it's why I'm giving it an 8.5. I, 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 I saw a lot of, not necessarily polished, but it was, but a lot of raw kind of talent uh, there. And, and I always appreciate a guy who takes chances. And, oh, for sure, yeah, for sure, yeah. You know, and, 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 and I like that, actually. I, I really, I enjoyed that. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shortly do, on to one of the books I'm going to choose is Joshua Williamson's Superman Batman, because Connor's been telling me it's fantastic. And I thought, well, you know, why not? Um, Come from a modern perspective. Um, now, Rich, obviously we're coming towards the close of the show. Have you got a, a book chosen for next week? Um, yeah, uh, we'll have a think. No. You'll have a think about that and then we'll... Because we've got quite a bit of interest on this uh, saga of the Super Sons. I put it up early in the week and we had quite a lot of people reach out saying how much they enjoyed it. So thank you to everyone who reached out. Uh, thank you again to our Patreon listeners. Um, you can find us uh, on Twitter 
at Signal of Doom. Um, my personal uh, Twitter is at Red Lantern 2051. Obviously, please join the Facebook page for Signal of Doom and join the page for Legion Outpost and Dread or Dead. Rich, is there anything you'd like to put out to the audience? Uh, no. Just, no, you're all you good. Know, yeah. Keep, keep on tuning killing. in. And yeah. Uh, yeah, if you've got any, you know, um, if, if there's any suggestions, sure. certainly send them. I'm always happy to. Yeah, definitely. To, to, to do that because, as I said, it's sometimes it's um, – I, I know it's not uh, hard for Dave. <laughs> Me. But sometimes I, I could use a little bit of uh, inspiration. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's never hard for me. What was I going to say? Um, yeah, look, thank you very much for listening and good night. Good night. Good night.